Coming to you live from Radio Hub Studios, it's a cure for boldness. Now here's your host, Silky and Bush. Ah, uh, yes, and rise you will, Silky. In the studio, we have that great team from the Rise Foundation. Of course, this wonderful fundraising journey started up on the Gold Coast. It ended up in Sydney with this amazing team walking all the way. In the studio to talk about it today, we have Kim Burradell, of course, Captain Benny Higgs, Darren Brownie-Brown, Jason Webby-Webb. We've got Sean Snowy-Howell, David Macker, McElhenney. Missing and absent is uh, Stevie Hayes. And uh, where is he? Mate, the, uh, the possum stuck over uh, on the north side. Uh, over at his joint, I think he's uh, wrestling with a couple of kids, mate. Yeah, good on him. Well, what a great effort. And uh, I tell you, boys, I mean, we've got some, some great questions. But Higgsy, I know, Silky, you want to take it back a few years back where it all began. Yeah, that's right. Look, um, this journey began many, many years ago. And I'll get Ben to tell the story. But Ben, you've been involved in suicide prevention and raising funds for Suicide Australia for many years. Take us back to PPP for SBA. Yeah, mate, uh, PPP for SPA started uh, almost five years ago now. Um, the area had lost a few a few uh, people, um, more notably uh, Rodney Itchy Rat Hall and Ben Porno's Roper. Um, a few of us got together down at the Maroobah Bowling Club and we sort of sat around and said, what can we do? We, we wanted to, to sort of stop what had been happening, do what we could to get it out there. Um, myself and five five others all got together and a few ideas snowballed uh, from running the Sydney Marathon to starting a 24-hour run uh, to raise money and awareness for SPA. Mate, it started, uh, I think it was about four or five treadmills down at Maroubra uh, Bowling Club. It ended up uh, at Randwick Racecourse in front. Of, and actually, in fact, it went around Australia this year. So tell us about the growth and, you know, some of the money or the funds that have been raised. Yeah, mate, it started, uh, it was, the first year it was two treadmills at Maroubra. Um, it was a it was sort of a low key affair compared to what it is now, but um, it was great for the area. We got a real lot of really good support. Um, luckily for us, guys like Rennie Matua, Mark Matthews, Richie Vass, John Sutton all jumped on board, uh, which garnered a lot of support from media, um, you know, and the NRL and stuff. Uh, from there, we went to five treadmills down Maroubra, five or seven, I think it was. Um, Maroubra Bomb Club was packed. It was unreal. The amount of people that came in that over that weekend was amazing. Um, and it was one of those things where it was a 24-hour event, but there wasn't one bit of drama. And it just showed when you're doing something worthwhile like this that touches people's heart, uh, that people band together and people want to and people want to throw their throw their part in. Now, not everyone can jump on a treadmill and run for half an hour, but people can get come down and support it. Higgsy, when you look back on that period, because it was very, you know, it was it was such a great concept and you know, Silky and I were lucky enough to be part of it from the outset and, and hosted there for you. But we get the easy job. Everyone thinks, oh, you know, you're up for 24 hours on a microphone. All we've got to do is talk. You guys, months of planning, months of putting things together, months of relying on lots of different people. There's lots of moving parts. When you look back, what's the thing you're most proud of? Mate, it's funny to say, but the the proudest part that I've had over the years of it was actually this year. Um, So... With everything going on with the walk and stuff we were doing in this year and, and a few things that sort of happened personally and with the team behind it, uh, we decided not to do one in Sydney this year. Uh, but myself and my wife, Felicia, decided to do all the ones along the East Coast. Uh, it was in eight spots this year across across Australia. Uh, Perth, South Australia, Melbourne, um, you know, Northern Beaches, Central Coast, two in Queensland. 
Uh, but we went to one that was in Logan, which is sort of halfway between Brisbane and Sydney. Uh, walked in there not knowing what to inspect. Had never met the people before. Don't talk to them on the phone. Walked in. They had it set up in a park, and uh, the way they'd set it up and the feeling behind it was exactly like the first one that we'd done in Maribra. Um, and I actually had a bit of a, a moment where I actually had to stop and ring all the guys that had started it and was a bit emotional and said, you know, to see what we'd built, you know, four years ago, um, being run in a different state by people we'd never met in the exact same feeling and way we'd had it. It, it, was, it was amazing to show, to see where it had come to and what people were trying to do. Kim, could I ask you, you know, like Craig said, we've been involved in this from a community aspect, but the way that it's grown and the people it's touched from, from a Suicide Prevention Australia standpoint, can you tell us, like, you know, the feelings and the work that's gone into it? How's it been from your point? So there's been a huge number of people who've been involved in this from, from day one and it's grown and grown. And, look, there has been hundreds of thousands of dollars of money raised that has gone back into community resources. But like Ben said to me after um, one a couple of years ago, if one person walks away from that event and reaches out for help, then that's worth everything. So we like to think that not only are these events um, raising money, but it's also raising awareness. We involve local services as well. And um, e evidence tells us that being connected as a community is a protective factor. So anything that can be done to keep these sort of things happening is well worth it for suicide prevention. Yeah, I'm going to further what you said there, uh, Kim, because Silky and I have the microphone in our hand, therefore we look like we're part of the crew. The boys are all running and everyone in front of me here was seen running on those days or part of the event. And two people walked up to me, um, who I know from the area, who I had no idea. And it just proves the stats that, that Higgsy, I've heard you mention on so many occasions in suicide prevention talks and said, I was doing it really tough till I got here today. I've got to be honest with you. And I said, well, mate, there's counsellors. You know, we sat down and had a talk and everything else. So it just goes to show you, I don't care, you know, how tough you are, who you are. It affects everyone in different ways. But for that to happen from that event, I just felt... It was an amazing thrill for Silky and I. You, know, you do a thousand events for different things, but we just felt so good that at least someone gets helped, you know. That's a major message. Yeah. So we moved forward and, you know, about 18 months ago, Higgsy, we, you decide to branch out by yourself, I, I suppose, as a way to describe it and start the Rise Foundation. Tell us a little bit about what that stands for. Yeah, mate, the, uh, the Rise Foundation was sort of uh, in its infancy, started probably two years even before PPP for SBA. Uh, myself and uh, another guy, Peter Wilson, uh, put on two shows over two years uh, at the Coogee Bay Hotel called Ratfest um, after we'd lost uh, our mate Rod. Um, and that's when it sort of dawned on me, all the stuff that I'd been dealing with myself personally. Um, I saw just how the effect and the, the end point it could have. Um, it really hit me with Rod um, because Rod had been reaching out to me and dealing with my own issues. I'd sort of put off calling him back and calling him back and, and ended up losing him, you know. Um, and it's something I carry, I carry with me every day. Uh, and it's what I'm part of what now I want to try and get out to people uh, is that you don't have to have every answer and you don't have to, you know, you don't have to be trained or anything like that or know all the answers. It's just been there for someone. Um, and then through everything with PPP for SPA and, seen the effect it can have on people um, and dealing with Kim and, and SPA and learning just just how bad it, it is heading in Australia. I've got two kids now. I don't want, I don't want my two boys to have to go through what I've gone through, what my friends have gone through. Um, if the stats keep rising the way they are, it's going to be devastating. What are the stats so people know them? At, at the way it is at, at the moment, we're losing close to eight people a day in Australia from suicide. 
you know, and, and you know, it's, it's got to a point now that, you know, the easiest way I've always found to push it over to people is to put it in comparison. So we lose more than double the people we lose on our roads every year. So we, we get, we get, we get it blasted into us all the time. How many people we lose on the road every year, we're losing double to suicide and, and the road toll and, you know, everything that gets double the funding than what suicide and mental health does. Uh, and this is something that we can each have a part in. So, you know, you look at it with things like cancer and stuff, your everyday people like us sitting around, you know, I'm a wolfie, like most of the guys at the table. You know, we, we can't do anything. We're not researchers, we're not doctors. We can't really do much about it. But the biggest step forward in, in prostate cancer and breast cancer that has happened worldwide is early detection. And mental health and suicide prevention is exactly the same. Mm. Next question I've got is for, for you for I suppose, uh, if you will, Brownie, Webby, Snowy and, and Macca. Brownie, I'm going to start with you and you can all answer straight after him if you wouldn't mind. You have grown up, um, you know, as a bit of an idol for us, you know, growing up a bit younger than you. You've played a game that everyone idolises and you're in a male-dominated, tough environment where it's so important not to show pain or hurt. How much, and then you've been from the start, I mean, I remember a few from day one, first PPP for SBA. You've been there from the start. How much has it changed and opened up your thinking, this awareness, these statistics of how we've grown up to how we are right now? Yeah, definitely, Bush. Like you said, um, where it's a male dominant thing uh, to be, you know, to be strong and not talk about your problems, and that was what we were trying to aware, uh, you know, raise the awareness, um, you know, on our walk is uh, to come out and, and speak about your emotions and talk to a mate uh, if you are struggling, and that's something that we've got to get better at. That's something that we don't do, and um, that was what we're all about on the walk. Bobby, what about yourself, man? I mean, you know, you've uh, had experience. We've all been touched by this, you know, terrible, you know, thing that's taking lives of young Australians. Has it touched and affected you? Yeah, look, it's touched and affected me personally from a, a home level. Uh, I think I spoke to you guys about yeah. that when I was on the walk. Sure. Um, but, you know, I think the conversations that I've had because of the walk have been the most important thing because people are talking to me about stuff they wouldn't normally talk to me about. I've known a gentleman for about 12 years, not a real close friend, but came around and dropped some stuff off for the walk to me and then started talking to me about those issues. And I, I just started getting all goosebumps all over. And I just mm. I, I looked at him and I said, see, we wouldn't have had this conversation if I wasn't doing this walk. 100%. And that was the powerful thing for me. Snowy, how about yourself, mate? Yeah, well, um, I've got mental health in my family. My sister-in-law has mental health issues. She's bipolar. Um, she's gone through the whole range of um, suicide and trying to suicide and... She's got two young kids, so it's affected us. And it's it's not just only affect the person that has the mental health; it affects the whole community and everyone around them. Yeah. And it's how you deal with that. And like getting in touch with Kim and the Suicide Prevention Australia, like just learning ways. It's so some of the things are just so simple about how you can just talk to people about certain things, and those learnings just changes your whole outlook on how you approach things. It's, yeah. Yeah, really. Ed- educational. Isn't it? Yeah, it is. Maka, with the greatest respect, you know, you're uh, the most experienced bloke in the room and that's only by, you know, you, you know, your hairstyle and your face is telling a few stories. <laughs> I mean, you'd pass as a Cherokee Indian, really. But in all seriousness, I mean, you know, your era, mate, you just don't show pain. You don't cry. You don't do anything like that. So how does it educate and open your mind and open your thinking? Mate, my, um, my, my times years ago, as you said, no one talked about this kind of, these kind of issues I, I come through a bit of a health issue myself where I, I suffered by myself without my family even really knowing my issues. But since then, I've seen my kids, a few of my kids go through some trouble. And um, 
I, as, as you said, being an older generation, we never spoke about this kind of stuff and even to talk to your kids about it's a bit hard. So this is my way of showing how we could, um, how they can accept us and how, how we can break the ice with our children. So, Has your relationship changed? And I ask this of all of you, I'll go back around if you don't mind. Has your relationship changed in your, like you particularly in your personal life with your wife or with your kids? Because I drive to school with my young bloke. Yesterday I said to my missus, he didn't talk. She's a teenager. And I thought, well, hang on, I'm the adult in the room. You know what I mean? So has, has it changed in the way that you open dialogue? You, how you going, mate? What do you do differently now that you have this newfound open and, and education? Mate, it's definitely changed. I um, I used to be a bit reserved in my in the way I treated my family. I was brought up hard by my father. Yep. Um, I was pretty much passing that way down my family. But since that walk, I've just learned to appreciate what you've got around you and who supports you. Um. It's crazy. Yeah, it's hard to explain, yes. but it's the change is dramatic in my my eyes, and yeah, I hope I'm more approachable to the kids. Yeah, and more, I suppose, and, more and improved. Yeah, yeah, more improved too. Yeah. Yeah, Snowy, how about yourself? Yeah, your relationships. Like, yeah, well, I've got four kids ranging from fifteen down to nine, so it has changed a lot. Um, I was always the the bad cop, if you so to speak, in the relationship. Um, and I've actually gone the more compassionate role as well, and tried to change that and be a bit more warm and caring because, you know, you don't know what's around the corner. So, you know, you've got to appreciate every moment that you got. Yeah, and you don't know what's in the head, do you? Exactly. Webby, in your relationships, I mean, I know your family and, your, you know, beautiful missus and your daughter and see how supportive they are, but has it changed or opened up or improved? Yeah, and look, they're both part of the reason why I'm here today and what I've done, for what we've done over the years. Um, yeah, look, I, I think I'd like to echo what Snowy just said, you know, you as the male, you seem to be always the disciplined one and um, the, the wife... Or the you know always seems to be the caring one, um, but yeah, that's definitely changed for me over the, over the last period. Yeah, I hope it does. I hope it reflects that way. Yeah, for sure. Brownie, you got the the other your young bloke's a terrific young footballer, and you know, and and you know the highs and lows of trying to make it in this game that you made it in. I mean, how's your relationship opened up and changed to these sort of? Yeah, definitely similar to the you know the boys that just spoke. Um, you know, I've got three kids, and uh, two of them are uh, in, in, at that age where they. They could do go through these issues, and the eldest boy, like you just said, was contracted to uh, Cronulla, and just struggled with a little bit of depression and couldn't handle the pressure, and um, sort of like had to something had to give, and and unfortunately it was football. But as as people say, you know what I mean. Um, he, he's here today, and uh, I'm grateful for that, and sure. you know hopefully things can con- continue going forward. Benny, what about you, mate? Have you had uh, you know plenty of you know occasions where you've been touched personally by you know suicide and this whole thing inspired you? What about your own personal relationships? Yeah, mate, it's always been a bit funny for me. I always just thought that it was just me. That's just how I was. Um, you know, I've I've been treated and dealt with depression as a since a teenager. Um, and it's probably been in the last couple months I've actually been started getting treated for bipolar as well. Um, we and it's helped. It's it's through dealing with all of this and, and sort of understanding the signs and everything like that, it, it forced me to to go and speak to more people, um, you know, and, it, and it's become a thing for me, a, a big eye-opener, learning it all. You know, I've got young kids. I've got a two- and a five-year-old. Um, and, and for me, it's all about trying to accept and learn as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I use, and, and I've said it a lot on the walk to people, but, for me now, it's just like someone with diabetes. You know, you don't hear people saying that they battle diabetes. They they have diabetes or they live with diabetes. 
And for me, my mental health and mental health is just the same. Uh, it's just how I am. And, and that's fair enough. And, and um, you know, I've got to get up in the morning and I'll, I'll take a couple of tablets and I'll change my lifestyle. So what? Yeah. Um, you know, I do it the best I can. And, and now with my kids, it's a, just about teaching them from the start. I think I'm a bit, I'm lucky in that sense in that my kids are so young that I can teach them from the start. Uh, in that, you know, and uh, a good friend of mine, Joe Williams, always says, you know, uh, uh, it might fight me, but it won't, it won't beat me, you know. Boys, talk us through the walk. You know, we, we've all referred to it so far in, the, in this discussion, but go through a bit of the detail. So you, it was a 1,000 kilometres roughly from Queen, the Gold Coast to, to Sydney. Tell us a bit about it. Yeah, so I'll start from the beginning. It started one day, I, I flipped out a bit at home. I'd had enough. I was going for a bit of a rough patch. And I just decided that I was going to walk. I, was, I actually walked out with my shoes on and said goodbye to the missus and said, I'll see you soon. I'm going. She said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Queensland. So what are you talking about? I said, I'm walking to Queensland. I just need to go. Um, and smartly on her part, she grabbed me by the collar, dragged me back inside, said, you're an idiot. Um, she's sort of used to these grandiose ideas. Um, PPP is a perfect example. Um, but then, you know, I was talking to Snowy and Webby and they both found out about it. And they both said, you know what? This is a good idea. Let's do it. Like we're keen to do it. Um, and so, you know, we went into a blind not knowing the ins and outs of it. Um, we sort of just thought, we'll throw shoes on and we'll go. Um, we'll pick up some accommodation on the way. We'll just take a car verse, We'll pack a swag. We'll pack some clothes. Um, and, you know, we sort of just went into it like that. And it's probably been the best thing we could have done because it's, we've learned, we've taught ourselves. Uh, we've, you know, we, we spoke to a charity that does a similar thing. They pay a company $35,000 to do all their route, all their planning, all their accommodation and stuff. Not anymore. Um, well, yeah. yeah <laughs> six I'm, experts. Right. The Rise Foundation is happy to do it for half the price now. Can, can yeah. I just say that's just a great Australian attitude. Thank you. Like just, fuck it. Let's just, let's just test it out. Yeah, but what, what I love from what's extra Australian, because I'm going to grab me mate Brownie, Snowy, <laughs> Webby, Macca. And, and the possum. Course, and yeah. the possum. <laughs> like how more Australian can you get? And that's just how we are, I yeah, suppose. And, and, that's, and that's how it was too. It, it was all natural like that. The, mm. the boys just jumped on because they didn't want me doing it on my own. They knew I was going to do it. Once I had it in my head, they knew I was going to do it. They had their own reasons for doing it, but they wanted to come. And we thought it'd just be a laugh along the way as well, um, which it ended up being. Um, but like, we weren't even looking for to fundraise. We weren't looking to fundraise at all, really. It was just, yeah. let's just do it and see if we can do it and yeah. put ourselves through that challenge. Yeah both physically and mentally, and that, that we could personally do it. It wasn't to do anything other than that. But, but it, it summarises me what the Australian spirit's about. We're all mates in the room. Like I've worked with your, your, you both by, by yourself, Snowy, but that's what mates do for each other. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're on hard times, right? And Webby puts his hand up, Brandon, yeah, I'll, I'll walk with you. Mate, it's just, it, it goes back to the Anzac spirit to it get does. deep. But, you know, it, there's, a, there's a great little, you know, story in there about how how we as Australians look out for our mates. And it's hats off to you, boys. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you know, I mean, I based all my uh, football career on Brownie, but it only worked at training, right? Yeah, <laughs> but, I, I based my outside of football career on Brownie. Oh, I've seen that too. Don't worry, I'm not that good. But in all seriousness, boys, and I'll ask you, Snowy, um, you know, you all look real, Brownie, you look the fittest I've seen you. So, Webby, so do you. And I know you've been on a, a huge campaign over the last couple of years and you got yourself in real good condition. What sort of train, like, did you sit down and go, we're walking a thousand k's. Like, you know, Silky says to me, "We're walking five k's or running five k's." I'm thinking there's got to be at a porto at the end of it or something. You know, mm -hmm. you're doing a thousand. So, do you map out some training? How did you prepare? Um, yeah, we not necessarily mapped out a training route. We, 
I'd call Ben up or he'd call me up and say, look, have you got time? Let's go for a walk. And we'd kind of block out two or three hours. And we'd just set off and walk around. And as we walk, okay, we'll take a left here, right there, move around. And then we'd end two or three hours later, we'd end up back at the starting point. Um, but it was just it was just being consistent. You just had to consistently keep doing it to get the Ks in the legs, basically. That was that was the training of it. Yeah, it was, it was the blessing and the curse that happened with it is we were actually going to take off at, at in February at first, uh, just the three of us. Um, and the government decided to knock back our permits. Um, and we went, we had to jump through a lot of hoops um, and ended up having to push it back to October. That ended up being the biggest blessing we had probably um, because it gave us time to actually plan out. Yeah. Um, guys like uh, Whippet, Chang, and, and the guys up at Elab jumped on board and said, listen, come in. We can tailor some training for you um, to really do it. A uh, good friend of mine, Clint, Clint Hill up at our strength department, we sort of thought training, just walk as far as you can all the time. He sat down and said, no, that's, that's wrong. He said it's more about conditioning, um, where the biggest walks he had us doing was like 9Ks, 8Ks, and then every now and then do a big one but more about building the strength up uh, and everything like that. And then the guys at Elab getting our core strong, getting our techniques right, our hips and everything like that, um, which was good. In the end, it saved us. Yep. Uh, it saved us big time. We wouldn't have finished without without that proper stuff. So Yeah, just touch on what Higgsy said. And, and no, uh, it, was, it was a balance. You had to get the balance right. Uh, obviously, we had to get the kilometres in the legs, um, but we had to strengthen their areas because when you do walk long periods, the first area to give way is obviously your hips. So we had to strengthen the hips and the hip flexors. I mean, there was days there we were walking up mountains, you know, for two days. Um, and we had to be, you know, accustomed to that. Even though we didn't train for that walking them distance up hills, um, we got through because of the U-Lab training, yeah, right. uh, strengthening our glutes and our hips. And, you know, it, it really strengthened our, in them areas that we needed. Yeah, right. What, what about... Between the ears, the headspace. Was there a little bit of that that came into it, like pre, pre event? Yeah, and I was I was about to jump in with Brownie too. I think I think hats off to Kim and the girls at SPA. One of the best things we did was we did a two day course in with them. Um, and although it was a a, a course a, a speakers bureau course, it actually gave us a chance to sit down and talk about how our heads were going to be through it. Um, you know, like the the guys didn't really know snow too much. Um. You know, the rest of us have all worked together. Um, but the boys had only sort of met Snowy through us training together. Gave us a chance to sit down and chat about what we were going to go through, um, how to deal with it, what each of our experiences were so we knew how to react to each other. So, you know, someone didn't just come out with something that was going to be a shock. Um, and that was really good. I think that put us in a good mindset for it. Each of us, Mac, yeah. Please. I was going to say, I, we're driving up the Gold Coast, me and Brownie in the, in the car, and I said to Brownie probably three quarters of the way up, what are we doing? I can't believe we're going to drive up here and walk back. It's, it's still got me rattled today. Mm. We've done well, it. On that note, every one of you carried like an injury. Uh, you know, some injuries got pretty bad, but what are just the day to day, you know, the chafe, the toes, the soreness, the, the whole bit? Maka, what did you cop? Did you cop uh, a little bit of touch up there? Um, blister wise, no. I, I was pretty good, except probably some heat blisters from the, just the, the, the heat off the, the roads. Um, and they broke. They broke up on the way from Walker to the Nowendock where it rained for 12 hours that day. That's pretty much where I ended up with my infection down yep. the track, yeah. And that's otherwise, body-wise, probably the best I felt. Yeah, good. It's crazy what walking can do for you instead of sitting in a seat day in, day out. It's um, pretty good. 
Yeah, I had um bad knees leading in from footy. Got no um ACL in one of my knees. Yep. So I was worried about that the whole time. But it came through all right. Blisters, of course. I think everyone suffered with blisters and some pretty bad. But all in all, like I think everyone got through pretty good because of the training, as we were talking about earlier. Yeah, me- mentally, boys, um, it was draining after every day. You know, you'd be walking, you know, so many kilometres. Some stages, you know, some days we walked 80 kilometres on a straight, long, you know, narrow road. And uh, mentally, I think we were more fatigued than physically. And, um, you know, blister-wise, everyone managed it. It was, it was dead set like preparing for a game of footy every day. Um, back, backing up every day, strapping your feet, you know, preparing, make sure you've got the right shoes on, the right socks. So we just didn't get up and walk. A lot of preparation went in every night and day. And you look after yourself. I mean, at night, I know you guys were trying to find some water or just sort of soak. I remember a couple of times we spoke to all of you and you said one of your favourite things was getting in the water at the end of the day. Where is that? How'd that come about? Yeah, well, well I mean... Like creeks. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, I'm talking to get into a hotel. You get that occasionally, yeah. but you're talking about nature. Well, every opportunity I got, and the boys were the same, I'd either search for an ice bath. Um, you know, ice baths are obviously the, the common thing these days for recovery. Uh, cold creeks, uh, as you said, you know, there was a few photos posted on yep. on social media where we were in the cold creeks, just recovering more for recovery. Um, I don't think we would have been hopping in there just for fun, um, but yeah, just to recover to to get ready for the next day. It was pretty fun getting in the creek. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> a lot of funny moments along the way. What's been the funniest moment, uh, you know, for you guys? I mean, you've also had some great stuff. We'll talk about it in a minute. But anything that look you look back and you go, "Geez, that was funny." Mate, I, I, for me, it was spending fifteen days with Hazy. <laughs> like, you know, Hazy was going into it was just sort of wanted to come along to help out and just be part of it. Um, and, and I've known Hazy for, you know, 15, 16 years, um, inside and outside of work, so I knew what sort of character he was. Mm. But but just being with someone, when you're with someone 24 hours a day and, and you're not just, like you live in each, in each other's pocket, we're in a camper van, we're in swags, you're walking on a road, you, you got, you know, there's no TV or nothing to get away from anyone. You're in each other's pocket. And every day he just got better and better for me and just, just coming out with different stuff and it was outstanding. I, I I don't miss didn't miss these blokes at all, but I I missed the possum. I I stayed in the van with Brownie most nights. We laughed ourselves to sleep and woke up laughing. Um but being with these guys for the, the, fifteen the fifteen days. Yeah, Brownie would have been my go to man for a bit of comedy. Out on the, out on the road, the pressures of life come your work work life disappears. Yeah. After day two, walking on that road and and we're gigging each other and having a ball. Yep. There's no pressure in life, so you just it puts the life back into perspective. Enjoy yourself. Don't worry about the stresses of life. That can be pushed aside. Yep. Um, I let my whole thought process up and my outlook on life just from that walk. Yeah, boys and. and- like like they just said, we we had heaps of laughs. So you you think you're going, you know, you're walking so far, and uh, there'd be no laughs going on. But you know, we're continuously laughing and, and and giggling with each other. But there were there were days there where there was no um no phone service, and we we'd go we'd go you know two days without any phone service, and and all of a sudden you know someone would be walking along, they'd have their phone on them, and the phone would just start beeping. And the boys are yelling, boys, we've got service. It's on. Let's get on social media. Get it all on there. Get it on now. So just little stuff like that, 
um, you know, it's con- it was continuous. Yeah, quirky. Like you got to take the chance of that moment or you bug it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Just from the team at Suicide Prevention Australia. So we spoke to these guys throughout the day, each day, and um, shared their stuff on social media, which was hilarious and inspiring in equal measure. Funniest memory through the whole thing was a sponsor they should have had, but they didn't. Whatever you you were showing as the anti-chafe ointment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, there's a great That's question. Now, I must say, halfway through the trip, the glide, the glide stick leading into it, I'd said to everyone, get this glide stick. I said, I've been tipped into it. It's the grouse. It's unreal. Halfway through, I put a little photo up of it, and I had a little call out for them, and I actually thought I was taking the piss on them. Um, yeah. And there was a bit of back and forth on Instagram where they actually thought I was having a bit of a dig about the product where I was really trying to get a box sent up because it was it was hot commodity. I'd, we ended up having a electrical tape, our own one, in a different colour because you didn't want to share it with each other. I oh, see so you didn't want anyone to know you had it? Well, no, we all had one, but you were sticking it that far up your bum and between your legs. The back you didn't wheels, want to the back wheels got to work out. Yeah, wow. I had a spare one myself, and Brownie, he said, I'm out, I'm out. I need one. I thought, there's no way in the world you give one of these. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, boys, it's, it's all, you know, we've touched on a lot of the lighthearted stuff, but we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to look at some of the more serious stuff that happened along the way. You're on a cure for baldness with the team from the Rise Foundation. Radio Hub is Australia's premier podcasting facility. With high-quality sound equipment and production services, Radio Hub is a one-stop shop for all your podcasting needs. So, if you're ready to jump into the exciting realm of podcasting, contact Radio Hub on 0402 870 900 or email info at radiohub.com.au. You're back with The Cure for Baldus, and here we are with the Rise team. And boys, you know, we've, we've done, as Silky said, we've touched on the light-hearted stuff and uh, the quirkiness of this amazing uh, you know, fundraising trip that you went on, but uh, it's now day one. Let's let's get to the the serious side, if you like. It, it's day one, and and you're all there. And, and and what's going through your minds? What are the thoughts? Yeah, I think it was it was pretty somber the morning of um, that the night before we started. Um, I'd organised uh, for a bit of a dinner for us all uh, with the guys from Living who are based on the Gold Coast. Um, so we went out, we had some burgers, a couple of beers. Um, you know, Macca strapped all our feet up. We got everything ready. Uh, and then we were all staying in the one apartment. It was a little bit somber. I think it dawned on everyone just exactly what we're going to do. Um, we had to be up early in the morning. So we got up, you know, in the morning, everyone got up. It was it was a bit of an overcast day. It just sort of had that feeling like it was shit. We're actually going to do this. Like it's a bit hard to pull out now. Yeah. Um, and then it was sort of we got down to the surf club and in typical style, we'll, we'll run it a bit late. So like Kim had come up with the dad. Um, Kim was going to Kim walk the first bit with us. Um, there was a few guys there, a couple of young surfers from the Gold Coast, uh, Farah, um, Brownie's missus was there. You know, we had we had about twenty five people, um, and we were the last to arrive typically. Um, and it was sort of all right. Uh, we're here, everyone's here, ready. Yep, let's go. And it was just, I think it was probably good like that. There wasn't any sort of big fanfare or anything. It was just, let's just get it on. Was it emotional like, for you, Brownie, having your, your family there? Like, and the, and the, I mean, the seriousness of what you guys were about to, to take on? Yeah, it was. It was, um, it was definitely emotional, you know what I mean? It, it was a big thing that we're going to do. We're going to be sort of like on the road for two weeks, um, leading, leading and leading into it all, all the time that we've spent away from the family. So emotionally, yes, uh, exciting. It was also exciting. Um, like I said before, it was like preparing for a game of footy. Um, you know, we're there, we're stretching. It was, um, you know, and next minute we're 
like Higgsy said, we're, we're off and going. And our, our, our first first uh, first leg was to get the Mullumbimby. And uh, we, had a, we had a few local boys there. Um, and, uh, you know, they showed us away. What about doubts? Do you have any doubts walking in or Webby? You know, was any fear, you know, different emotions? Absolutely. The night before was so hard to get to sleep. Like Higgsy said, we had a couple of beers. We didn't have too many. We only had a, probably only had a couple, maybe three or four. But getting back, like we were all in the one two-bedroom hotel and we were sitting there and it's like we had to, knew we had to get up at three o'clock and we are all up at 2.30. That's how it was so, we had so much anticipation about mm. getting there. I remember we, at the morning of the walk, we got a hand of the, we got a hand of the booklet. It was probably as thick as the Guinness World, uh, World Book of World Records. Turn left here, turn right there, 300 metres there. I thought, how the fuck are we going to get through this? I hadn't mentioned to the boys because me and Snowy did the route. We actually drove the route but in reverse because originally we were going from Sydney to the Gold Coast. So we drove it in a weekend. And when lodging it with the government, it had to be specific. So every single road we walked on, you had to put it. So if we're on a road for five metres, you had to write it down. So I hadn't told the boys just how efficient Snowy had done it. Until that morning, when I handed them this, it looked like it was like Macca said. It was that's like what that's what an accountant does, right? Sorry, yeah, 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 no, yeah, that's yeah, what an accountant. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, right, the mate. accountant coming out of him, um, and 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 it was, and it, and it actually sunk it into you just exactly what we're doing because you could see how far Size we had it. to go. Yeah, and and I suppose you know it wasn't just walking. I mean, you had events that you had to attend to, and and different groups, be it schools or or the community. You arrive in Mullumbimby, and, and how was the reception there, Webby? Yeah, it was good. Like, um, we had a contact. We all had contacts at different places to get it set up. And Mullen Bimby, I knew a bloke who I used to play footy with. He was a few years older than me down at, uh, in the South Comp. And um, I rang him up and out of the blue, I hadn't spoken to him in 15 years. And he said, yep, I'm on board. Let me let me know what I can do. I'll, I'll set it up. Yeah, and they put on a massive do for us that night. They, uh, they uh, got us up, um, introduced Ben by the wrong name about four times. I think he'd had a few too many by that time, Shane. He was... What was he calling you? He called me Dan. Dan. It was something Dan. ridiculous. I thought he called you Kate or something. Yeah. <laughs> but, you wouldn't uh, call someone Kate. Yeah. No. But it was it was fantastic. They took the hat around, gave us you know, gave us some support, um, and gave us campsites for the night. And that was our first night camping out too. So the first two days were just they were a massive learning curve for us. Yeah, yeah and like like Webby said, we all had our own. Um, jobs leading up to it and my job was sort of like to contact all the footy clubs uh, having that background and uh, one of the one of the towns Grafton who uh, in the lead up was uh, in the you know the, the Sunday Telegraph with a double page spread um, having big issues with suicide uh, they lost a young kid uh, to suicide 12 months earlier and um, so I, I sort of like got in contact with with the uh, the South Grafton Rebels and the, and the Grafton Ghosts, where where that young kid uh, played played his footy, and he was a, a great up and coming player. So it was my job to sort of like touch base with them, and we touched base with them, and and got got involved with all the footy clubs. And uh, there was another town, Lismore, um, who we we come across. Um, Michael Woods was his name. He was uh, he's the brother of Dave Woods, who used to play with uh, the Canberra Raiders and. And the Gold Coast um, Titans, well, it was, I think it was the Chargers back then, and he actually um, took his own life as well. So he was prepared to jump on board. Um, but we, we, got, we got to the town in Lismore, and unfortunately there was a benefit night on um, for, for a, a, one of their former players. He was a 38-year-old Fijian who'd had a stroke. And we weren't 
particularly invited, but then we got to the town. He said, mate, you're more than welcome to come down. He said, unfortunately, the whole town's going to be committed to, to this event, you know, so, you know, come down and we'll introduce you and, and stuff like that. We didn't know I was Fujian at the time, and we got down there and, um, you know, introduced us. Yeah, Nico, he uh, represented uh, Fiji in the 2000 World Cup. We're fortunate enough to get some memorabilia from all the clubs, um, and Parramatta was one of them who jumped on board, and we got a uh, a signed Sammy Radrara boot. Wow. And um, I said to Higgsy, I said, mate, this is a perfect opportunity to sort of like donate it to another Fujian who, you know, wow. who's in need. And, um, mate, we donated it to him. We said, you know, you can auction it. You can raise some money on the night. There was a bit of money in the, in the room. And, um, mate, he said, no, I'm keeping it. And he <laughs> said, I'm going to keep it. And cherish it so you know we, we thank the Parramatta Club and, and Sammy and um, you know just little things like that along the way that weren't organised that touched everyone yeah, you know amazing. so just little stories okay. talking about people we, we meet or met along the way um, I was on NITV during the career knockout Joey Williams was um, interviewing me asking me about the trip on that on that day a lady her husband had just come back from Afghanistan returned veteran he, she contacted Higgsy and said her husband wants to walk with us. He, he struggled to fit back into society, had some issues with suicide thoughts, suicidal thoughts. Uh, he met us in Mullumbimby, this fella, turned up on the night and said, you know, I'm walking with you guys tomorrow. And we shook hands, you know, had a quick chat. We went to bed not long after, all the guys, and woke up the next morning. And this guy walked with me the next day. I think I spent the first three hours with him that day. Um, and just, just, just asked, so what's, what's your outlook on life? And and what what if you've been through? If you don't mind me asking, and he told me the ins and outs of what he's been through in war, and coming back into society, the hills of Mullumbimby were that short. It wasn't funny. Yeah, his stories really again made me think. My little my big issues in life are little compared to some people. It's kind of like that saying: you, you don't judge till you walk in another That's man's right. shoes. That's right. And these I said to these guys, you walk with have a walk with this guy for a couple of hours and see how you go. And he'd walk with all of us that day, and then he changed our views on life. Well, I. I heard Higgsy say it on many occasions on the walk. You know, we've done the easy part. You know, we, we, we're just walking. There's people out there that are struggling like that that young fella. Yep. Um, and, and many more that are doing it hard. They're, they're the ones doing it hard. We, we, we've done the easy part. Yeah, his story was amazing to, to spend. I spent a couple of hours with him myself having a chat because he walked the whole way. He did not take one break, I don't think, Maka, did no, he? he no, refused he to. refused to take a break. He was busted at the end, you could tell. Yep. But he refused to take that break. And like Maka said, you've got to have a chat with this bloke. And he he was not scared to open up. It was great. No, yeah, yeah and, and when Dennis's wife contacted me, probably it was probably two weeks before we left, she'd sort of raised it to say, can he come along? Um, not knowing whether people were allowed to come with us. And we'd sort of we'd sort of had the idea that, at first, it was anyone could come, and then we with permits, you could only allow so many people. Once I heard Dennis's stories, like this guy's got to walk with us, mm. um, and it, it just timed it well that Snow hadn't joined us yet, and so we had a spot open where we where were allowed. Um, and I rang Dennis and said, you know, hello mate, you know, I'm Ben. We're doing this, mate. Would you like to come with us? And by the end of the phone call, he was crying and he was saying, you don't know what walking with you guys just for one day is going to do for me. And that's what I was trying to say to the boys. And like Brownie said, we, 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 did, we did the easy. We did it easy because we, we got to experience these people's experiences with us. Um, he only walked for a day, but by the end of it, he was so stoked and so happy with himself for doing it. 
it, it, it's like he was saying, it's, it gave him a new life and it gave him something to look forward to. And, you know, he wasn't the last bloke that we met along the way. I said, I've got to come with you next year. Mm. I want to come with you. You know, mm. it was unreal. You talked then just amongst yourselves there about the struggles that people have gone through. And I know by day four, the walk to Grafton was probably the toughest day. If you followed your journey on social media, it was a flat road day, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was 80, roughly 80 Ks. But I think mentally and physically, you started to show a bit of wear and tear. But I also know that you've got the opportunity to speak to the community of Grafton. You take it away. Yeah. The, the, leaving Lismore to Grafton was two days. Um, and we'd split it in half at first, but by the end of the first day, we were all like, oh, yeah, we feel good. Let's, let's bash out a bit a bit more so that tomorrow's less. Um, just because just we're feeling that good. Um, so we, I think we went into the day leading into Grafton with a bit of an attitude like we're going to do it easy. Um, and we knew it was a flat, straight sort of road. And that was the, it was looking back now, that's, that's the hardest day we had. Um, I think as a group, especially, um, a few, and a bit personally, and it, it sort of broke everyone. Uh, it was a hot, hot day. Um, it was just straight and flat, bit narrow on the side of the road. Um, and we, it, it was sort of, it proved to us that we were, we weren't doing it as a team. We were sort of individually doing what we had to do, but we weren't working together. So we were sort of just busting ourselves and then, you know, just leaving it for the bloke and then, trying to push on and everyone was sort of at each other and everyone was sort of short-tempered and, and it, you know, that happens. You know, it's six blokes pushing themselves to, to a level that you would not never really push yourself to, you know. Um, and by the end of the day, it, it, it was the only day in the whole thing where I was actually ready to say, nah, it's over, it's called. And, and to add to that, we were looking for the camping site that we were meant to stay at, and it wasn't a camping site, let's be honest. It was one of those trucks where the, you pull in on the side of the road and they've got the elevated toilet there. There was nothing else there. If we would have, if we didn't push on that day, I reckon Ben's right, we would have been struggling to finish it if right. we didn't push harder. So, saying the, the struggles we had, over 15 days, we had two meetings. And for, <laughs> for six blokes, I reckon that's unreal. For the, for the, the shit we put ourselves through, Two meetings. It wasn't even a heated meeting. It was just a discussion, and we sorted ourselves out. That was unreal. Yeah, Brownie. Yeah, and, and like the boys said, um, at the end of the day, we all wanted to finish it together, and that, that was the goal. We started together, and we finished together. And, um, you know, like Higgsy said, there was times there where we weren't working as a team. It was sort of like, not individually, but just sort of like going our own way and, and, and not doing things right. And and we're all new to it, uh, like yeah. he said at the start. Um, you know, we're completely new to it. Um, I'm sure if we've done it next year, um, you know, things will be a, a lot easier. But um, to 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 do it, uh, and we've all been associated with team sport here, and we all come together, and we knew what what it had, what 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 it was going to take to finish. It's amazing the learning. I mean, it's like the difference between starting day one. You know, going to Mullumbimby and getting that reception, going to Lismore, you know, going to Grafton, you know, meeting up with the, the Fijian guy. And, and now you guys sit here, like you're all learning and you're having this realisation, Higgsy, on that long, flat stretch. You're about to pull pull stumps. Now you guys are the experts in walking from Sydney to Queensland. That's what I love. <laughs> so you can sit there, Brownie, you're right, and say, righto, if we do it next year, you know exactly how it should work. And, and you mapped it out, Snowy. So, like, you know, what are your thoughts? Well, it was funny. One day, I think we were walking out of Gloucester and I was walking with Maka and Maka turned to me and said, you know, we're probably about the 1% 
of people in the world who will ever walk this route. And it was like it was a massive realisation, the achievement that we were actually doing at that point. Like, you kind of get caught up just getting five kilometres, just getting that five kilometres out. But when you actually look back and say how much we've done and how much we had to go and that you had the sense you were going to do it, by that point we are kind of about the halfway mark and we are going to do it. It was unbelievable. You, you mapped the book out, the encyclopedia, yep. if you will, that Macca says. <laughs> with Ben. I, I under, yeah, with Benny. I understand for the compliance and the government, um, you know, the certification, you probably needed to do that. Did you flick through at night and go, gee, we're getting through this? Like, is it? It's quite a special feel. I mean, I did a Europe at a motorhome and I was, I was wrapped in that. I can't imagine what you'd be like walking. We didn't get it through the morning. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it, was of, it was part of the plan. They didn't really know what was coming up. It's but but we did. The good thing was... Good captaincy. Steve Smith, I love it. As you got to a town, it became a checkpoint. So it was like, we've done it. We've gotten here. Um, you know, we're getting closer. It's, it, it was a sort of... That was a mental thing in our heads that, yeah, we are getting there. It's getting closer and closer. We've, we can keep going. We're actually gotten this far. We can keep going. Every one of your leaders in your own family and leaders maybe in your workplace or whatever you are, you're certainly, you know, uh, men of great substance. But did you find, and, and, you know, Brownie, you've been a leader in your, in your chosen sport and Higgs, you know, you're sort of, the, you know, the captain of the team. Did you find the leadership change in your, once you decided to go as a group, did you just find that sort of there was, like the cyclists have the peloton, you know, when, uh, you know, swans fly, they fly in an arrow, you know, and they know the leader goes first and they give each other a break. Did you find that same situation? Yeah, oh, look, we, we all had our um, our own strengths and, you know, we, we shared it around. Uh, yep. Obviously, um, you know, certain days, um, certain there'll be certain leaders, um, you know, certain another day someone else would take the lead. But like I said, um, every day was different. That was the beauty about it. Um, and, and we didn't let it get stale. And, and we set little goals as well along the way. Uh, after day one, you know, there was there was 14 to go. And, you know, some that, you know we got to day seven and, and, and we're halfway. Uh, or, you know, we thought it was halfway. <laughs> we got it, got, got the days mixed yeah, up, yeah. a Cap, little bit Cap, fatigued. Captain's allowed one slip. Yeah. <laughs> we, we all watched each other as we walked. Like, you start looking at each other's weaknesses and, you know, he, he was struggling with a hip flexor or he had a you know, bad foot. Yep. So it, the, leadership, the leadership just took over. Um now, I discovered Brownie had a fourth toe after day four when the blister finally operated come out. But that was just that was a natural thing. It wasn't, I'm going to do this today. Yeah. We just silently said, I'm going to walk a bit further today. I'm going to go uphill. You have a rest. You, know, it's... you just touched on a few little niggles. And I know, Mackie, you were the strapper of the group at Snowy. By the time you got to Grafton, you ended up in hospital, mate. What happened there? Yeah, I joined the guys at Lismore, so day two. So this was day four. I'd only been two days into it, and like as I said earlier, it was probably two of the toughest days. Um, and I, prior to the event, when we thought we were going in February, I'd got cellulitis, and I think Bennett contracted it a couple yeah. of months after I did as well. So we knew how bad it was, and I thought I'd gotten it again because my foot was all swollen, it was all mushy, and I thought, oh, no, here we go. Two days in, I've done all this work, I'm out. Um Went to the hospital, sat there for as you do in a hospital. You sit there for hours on end. Even on a, I think it was a, could have been a Tuesday night or something. Grafton it was still, it was like the RPA. Um, and anyway, ended up just being um, shin splints. So massive relief. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, so I think too, like I was speaking to Ben while I was in the hospital. He was feeling down. When I got out, said that's all the issue was. He pumped up a bit and it kind of got me and him at least like to a better place that night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that that certainly it was a big plus for Snowy, and that that was diagnosed with that. That would have put a lot of pressure on the on the team itself, being one man down. You know what I mean? And 
um, you know, we were very relieved when we got the news and Snow could battle on, you know, for the, for the remainder of the, of the journey. Yeah, that was a real turning point, I think, that, you know, we, we knew we had Snow back. But leaving Grafton, it started to get really beautiful. It was like the the climate change, the, the, the outlook. It was just like every time you went around a corner, you thought, it can't get any better than this. And it did. It just kept going. For the next four or five days, it was just amazing. So on that journey, you know, you've got through the toughest day. You're starting to, I suppose, get into a bit of a rhythm and, and enjoy Teamwork. each each other's company. You know, you, you've touched on the, you know, the, the battles that you had, but it, it finished at a beautiful spot called Clouds Creek, where there's photos of you in a, in a little waiting in a little pool with a couple of uh, beers. So uh, tell us a bit about that. Yeah, mate. To to not harp on it too much, but to put it into perspective, when we we're in Grafton, Snowy was in hospital. We'd turn up at uh, the a pub where we were staying. I got donated. Um, you know, it was three-door room. It was shared toilet, shared shower. It was raining. Uh, we went to a, a fundraiser, well, just a night with uh, the two local footy clubs. Uh, Grafton's lost 12 kids in the last year to suicide. Um, one lot of parents were there, and on the same night, they had to turn the life support off on another kid. Wow. So that was the feeling that night. Mm. As Webby said, we left Grafton that morning. Uh, Cara Sutherland was with us, who's been a big part of PPP. Um, she's from Grafton, so she walked us along the Grafton River, um, and it was just all all the all the fog was raising off the river and stuff as we walked down, and it was it was like it was lifting off us, um, and we left and we and from there on it was bush, um, and we ended up in this place, Clouds Creek, and it was one of those days we stopped as Macca said at about ten o'clock in the day, everyone was into each other all morning, big bit of bickering, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, you're doing this. We put up in these blokes' driveway and these two blokes, these two farmers, they would have been 60, probably had their own little crop and home brew going. And they've seen these six blokes put up a tent. We had a bloke from work join us, Chris Marnock, and so he's going, what's going on here? We put the tent up, everyone come in, and that's all right. They everyone get off their chest. And so we've started six blokes going this, 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 and this. We've gone for 10 minutes. These two blokes are looking at us going, what's going on here? Um, but then after five minutes, everyone's gone, sweet, everyone got it out. Yep, all right, let's go. Started walking again, and the and the initial mood was back again. It was it was unreal. Um, we ended up in this little campsite, and they told there was a creek there. So we bought we bought a carton of mid-strength. Um, full strength would have smashed us, which we found out later. Um, but it was just a running creek. We sat down there. It was freezing. Everyone just sat down there, had a couple, went back to the camp, lit a fire, We'd got some eggs off a, off a couple down the road that were selling out the front of their house, had a little bit to eat, and it was amazing just sitting around, just the six of us together with no one else around, just being able to sit there, you know, strap our feet again, get in, have a shower, get in your compression, have something to eat, a couple beers, have a chat, have a gig, and that was a good thing. And, and for me, it solidified what we were doing. It was the ups and downs of what we're doing it for was mental health. You can have your your down day, great and, and, and you're gonna have it. You know, you can't just be up all the time. It doesn't work because you're gonna crash sooner or later. And your down days are what you can base your high days off. And that's exactly what we had in that 24 hour period. And and that was looking back for me is one of the the pinpoint moments of that of the whole trip. It's just what what it signified and what we can do and what you can do personally is we. We had a problem and we and we confronted it and we dragged ourselves out of it and, and we end up better for it. Mate, if you don't mind me saying, that last three minutes from Olive is probably the most important of this podcast. You've just pretty much talked 
about everything we've all been saying and been behind in every different capacity, including yourself, Kim. You've got a problem, you speak about it, you get it on the table, you seek counsel from the people closest to you, you work as a team, and, and hopefully that's enough. Otherwise, you seek further treatment or attention, which you blokes did in that, that full strength, right, in, in this analogy. And I think it's just great. And that's anyone that is listening to this, and there'll be plenty, take that message away. It's amazing. Can I ask two quick ones before we do bring it home and bring us into Martin Place and what the families have meant to you and everything else? What sort of food were you eating and how often were you eating? Uh, that's the first question. I'll get to the second one. Yeah, um, well, well, should I, call it I, don't, I don't know, I don't know if we should be saying no, this. No. Um, along the way, we were sponsored by BSE, so yep. we, had, we had a lot of um, you know, supplements and protein uh, shakes, and, protein and, shakes and, yep. and that, that got us through mm-hmm. uh, a, a lot of the time. Um, at night, uh, similar to what Benny just said, we, we had a barbie at um, you know, Clouds Creek where I, I was a chef and I don't think I broke one egg. Um, so, so that was all good. But yeah, we, you know, we, we ate quite good along the way. Steaks, you know, in some of the towns that we stopped yep. in and, you know, we're just eating anything basically because we're burning so much energy. Um, you know, we're just eating so whatever we could. The fuel's important, Higgsy. You got yeah, to have Yeah, uh, there were, we've, in the spirit of coming clean with everything. Um, so leading into it, we'll sponsor by a company called 5.4. Um, they're sort of like a prepared sort of gym meal company, um, you know, perfectly portioned protein, carbs and everything. Um, they, out of the goodness of their hearts, donated 140 meals. So it was two meals each a day for 15 days. Wow. Um, you know, they had us up at their office to talk to everyone working in their office and everything like that. Oh, great people. Um, probably three days into the trip outside of Graft and our freezer broke. And 120 meals had to go in the bin. <laughs> oh, no. They resupply you? Um, no. So, unfortunately, yeah, yeah, we, we had the, all of our food would have been covered except for breakfast, which a uh, good friend of mine, Patty Lawson uh, from Three Words, donated for us. Um, so, all our cereals and stuff. Um, so, lunches and dinners became baked bean rolls. She don't um, Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much anything we could. You know, you could walk them through, you know, country towns where it's one shop, you know, and a couple of houses in some of these places. And it was just what we could get our hands on. Last question for you from me on this before we bring it home is, you know, you watch the movie Forrest Gump. One of the lovely scenes I see is he runs from the East Coast to the West Coast and, you know, you know, get to the end and all the bumper stickers and stuff. But it's the amazing scenery. There's got to be one particular spot that each of you said, oh, my God, I never would have seen this if I, saw, if I was walking and I'm bringing my family back here to look at this. I, I, like when we were up around Noandock and up in the mountains, it was just unbelievable. You know, like we wouldn't have... We initially wanted to walk the coast road um, so we could, you know, have a swim every day and keep fresh. And uh, <clears throat> when we got told we had to go inland, we were all a bit bit iffy about it, you know, but um, it was absolutely amazing. It was so gorgeous. And we got to meet so many more country people and there was so much hospitality and it was unbelievable. I couldn't I couldn't pick one place of it. I, I found, I was on the way into Armadale. We stopped, which we thought we were halfway. And we had a little mini celebration, which ended up being a day early, but... It was a, this massive canyon. It was a waterfall coming out of the back. That's that's something you never thought you'd see mm. in a country area, and it, it was spectacular for me. I can't remember the name of the place, but something was, falls. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah, like like Webby said, I, I don't think you can put um, one particular spot uh, as a favourite. There was just so many, and you know, you go back and look at the photos, and I, I'm still looking at them every day. You know yep. what I mean? But. Um, you know, just, yeah, there's horses along the way, cows and, you know, just every bit of livestock, you, you know, 
But there's one um, there's one thing that I'd just like to, to say. We're walking up one of the mountains near Mullumbimby and an old lady was there out the front mm-hmm. and she just wanted to know what we're doing. And and I and I spoke to her and just and the boys just kept walking and I was there for about five minutes talking. She told me her story, you know. I told her our story, and you know, see you later. Good luck. And she just lost her husband about twelve months earlier. Um, you know, she was an elderly lady mm-hmm. and still running a little dairy farm there on, on the mountain. Anyway, see you later. We were on our way, and about four hours later, she's turned up, um, chased us down. I mean, four hours later, we're probably about twenty k's away. Um, and she's turned up with a big ice cream uh, tin container thing f- filled with baked cookies. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So, And they lasted us for, for three and days. And not the Mullumbimby cookies you're thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just little stuff like that. And, and I think, um, what we said before, you know, a lady coming out giving us eggs and a few boys coming out giving us six-packs and, you know, stuff like that. It's just the people you touch along they're, the way. They're the experiences you remember, isn't it? You know, touching people's lives and, and yeah. inspiring them. And and walking into Armadale, we had we we were just walking along the street, and this gentleman pulled up. We didn't know who he was. He thought we'd broken down. He thought we were the local soccer club because they wear the same colours as what we had. He was one. He was a he was a copper. He was a copper from Armadale. He was a, te- a detective, and he said, "What are you guys doing?" And we were we were walking into Ebor, 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 and Ebor's a tiny little town. It's a hot. It's twelve hundred meters, thirteen hundred meters above sea level. It was freezing. And he, he's doubled back about half an hour later and he said, oh, look, guys, there's 50 bucks on the bar for you to have a drink when you get there. And we thought, oh, unreal. And he said, and tomorrow night we'll set you up in Armadale for a dinner and I'll get you to come down and you can meet some of the guys. So it was just like people like that that just didn't know what we were doing stopped. They probably should have known what we were doing because we had to lodge permits with them yeah. all the way along the road. But it was that sort of stuff that happened all the time. Yeah. Well, we've got to Armadale, boys, on this great journey. You know, we're halfway. We're at the halfway mark of the walk. We'll take a short break and we're on the downhill slope towards Sydney. You're on a cure for boldness with the boys and girls of the Rice Foundation. If you need your office spick and span, your carpets cleaned, your toilets glam, or your plumbing checked by a maintenance man, call Fit Services. If your outdoors too have been neglected, your car park needs painting, your garden's protected, your pathways swept or a new fence erected, call Fit Services. Maybe you need something built brand new, an office refurbishment, an extension or two, or an AC system with ducting right through. Call Fit Services. Fit Services. Quality services, second to none. Call 1-300-011-011. Welcome back. You're on the Cure for Baldness, and we're in the studio with the Rise Foundation team, and so far we've learned about the the trials and tribulations that these guys endured over 15 days. And we've got to about the halfway mark. But, boys, before we talk about the next stage of the uh, the walk, you've all had ro- different roles to play. And I'll start with you, Brownie, because I heard you on Triple M and, uh, you know, you made the, the Today Show. Give us give us what your role was. Basically, like I said before, we all had our strengths and weaknesses. And and once I was involved uh, and, and got on board, uh, you know, with Walk It Off, I... I wanted to uh, to get as much exposure as we could about the event. Uh, I thought it was important to get it out there about what we were doing and to raise the awareness, you know, through the media. Um, and, you know, going back to the footy days, I, I had a, a lot of contacts in the media and I went, you know, I went down their avenues to, uh, to attract some um, exposure. And, you know, such as, uh, you know, the Matty John show, we, you know, a few of the boys appeared on there. Um, you know, MG and, and Maddie were good enough to have us on every Friday on the grill team. Um, you know, and, and you know the the Telegraph and, and the Sydney Morning Herald. We, you know, we, we got all that exposure, 
and I, I think that helped us uh, along the way. And even along the walk, um, you know, I'll be on the phone to the local local radio stations, um, you know, getting them to uh, promote us walking into the town. And you can really tell that um, they were doing that because, you know, the beeping of the horns and, and as, as we got closer to the country towns and they were really good about it. So, you know, that, that was basically my role to, to, uh, to get it out into the media as much as we could. Kim, can I ask you, that, that media exposure, raising awareness, we've talked about raising awareness for suicide prevention, we're really reaching a lot of people there. Yeah, it was amazing all the way along. On the first day, actually, when I joined them, um, we were walking through Tweed Heads and there was a um, Channel 7, I think it mm. was, cameraman filming something totally different. He was filming the sunrise or pelicans or something. And um, we walked past him and then Brownie went and doorstopped him and we actually got on the um, local news that evening. And it was just that sort of enthusiasm to approach people and have a chat and so many people um, particularly in rural and regional areas, they listen a lot to their local radio station and TV and they're people that we don't necessarily reach with um, other mainstream media. Which is probably the, where the highest rates of suicide are in the rural areas, aren't they? Absolutely. What about you, Webby? What was your role on the uh, on the team? Yeah, so Ben touched on it earlier. I was When it initially kicked off, I was just going to be a support person with Ben and give him, give him a hand. And um, he had a few people pull out from the original group and... I said, well, like you said, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to let let him do it on his own. So me and Snowy jumped on board at that stage. So that's when we started doing all the organisational stuff. Um, we started contacting different organisations for you know support, and we, we really worked through the process from there on. Going into the, um, as I spoke before, I put the encyclopedia together. I guess as you call it. Um, Thank God. Yeah, <laughs> from the accounting background, you know, like the dot the i's, cross the t's. So that was, you know. Helped out a lot. Um, ben and I did a drive initially, which was good. It was a, almost a two-day bender, but it was a good good experience. <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about, but go on. No, no, no. No, it's bendy roads. That's what I meant, you know. Hills, 100%. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Um, but it was just getting all those processes together just so we could get the permits through and, you know, ben, ben at times, like myself, we're not good at doing things like that. So working together, we were able to get it done. Now, Maka, I know you having worked with you for many years, that you're quite handy at the mas- the massage table. So uh, I dare say a lot of those roles fell upon you. Tell us what your role was. Yeah, I, was, I got approached by Higgsy one day at work. He asked me to uh, give him a hand doing a walk, and I, I thought a two-day walk, uh, that'd be, yeah, not a problem. I First aid, massaging, strapping, whatever. And on the on the way, walked away from the conversation, Higgsy, I said, how long are we going for? He said, it's from Queensland to Sydney. We took two more steps and gone, fucking what? How do you prepare for this? But, yeah, it's um, just basic injuries, strapping of the feet, uh, anyone saw back, injuries. I think you've been a bit modest there because, I mean, I saw a few of the photos of the wear and tear on the feet and we've we've touched about what happened between the the thighs. But, uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure, Macca, there was a fair bit of work went into those repairs on the run. Yeah, you know, the boys have been pretty modest about it. the hard work everyone put in, you know, it was a couple of months leading up to it that everyone was really working. All up, it was two, just off two years of planning um, and everyone's sort of doing what they can, you know. Wasn't Brownie, wasn't just making one phone call here and there. He was he was harassing people. Um, to, and you got to. Yeah, and you got to. You got to because, you know, people don't want to, especially mainstream media, don't want to talk about this, you know. And what we're trying to do is break that down and it's, and it's people like Brownie who... 
like you said before, Bush, you know, growing up, you'd look at these big tough blokes and, and, and you want you want to be like them. Well, it's good now that blokes like this want to talk about it, you know. And that's been the whole whole idea, especially with PPP as well, is getting these big tough footy players and stuff to, to make it okay to talk about, you know. And, and well, then, there's a big issue in, in the NRL now. We, I mean, we'll probably touch on it later, but they've had a lot of young under-20s players yeah, have, committing yeah. suicide yeah. because of, you know, the the, the, the pathways. Pressure. But, yeah. yeah, and then, you know, like Webby and Snowy and myself, you know, there was, you know, over a year of, of piecing things together, you know, risk assessments and uh, risk management plans and things like that that are over my head that I couldn't do. Yep. Um, you know, accommodation, um, you know, getting cars, getting things and that. You know, I, I'm fortunate over the last couple of years I've, I've gotten contacts with people, you know, like so getting things like shoes and, you know, compression and supplements and stuff like that, you know. Pico and the guys at Body Science just look after us, you know, anything we want. They, you know, and, and I'm pretty lucky that I've got those contacts, so I could do that. But a lot of them I couldn't, you know, Snowy putting putting together how much, how the distance per day and the time per day, that's above my head. Yeah. Um, and then when we realised how big a, how big a feat it was going to be, it, the first person I thought of was Macca. Um, you know, because I, as you said, so I know him from work and I know what he can do and how good he is at it. Um, and, and, and what he's done before with working with Souse and LARPA and stuff like that. Mate, you know, the day we left Armadale, I, I was I was sort of, you know, I had niggles, um, was feeling okay. Um, and then about an hour into it, every probably every 20 metres, I'd get like a burning down my quad. Um, and then up Macca pulled the massage table out on the side of the highway um, and, and, you know, pretty much had his elbow halfway through my, through my quad on the side of the highway, and, and that's what he was—that's what he was doing every time someone put their hand up. They had this or that. Mac was there straight away. Um, whether it be little things like putting some tape to, over your toes to, you know, massage and things like that. Um, he had a cream or a rub or a bit of strapping for everything. Um, you know, and, and you know, like that day, you know, and I'd said to Macca from the start at, at the end of it, "You're the, you're the final word." If you think someone's Someone needs to have a rest for a day. You're the final word. Egos aside, everyone has to listen, uh, you know. And that day, I took a big ego check. I thought, I, you know, I was trying to push through it. Um, but Macca said, no, nah, mate, you've got to sit out. And I had to do it. Hazy had to do it. Snowy had to do it. I'd had to do it. Brownie had to do it. Webby had to do it. In the end, Macca had to do it. And, you know, I'd, I said it before, that was part of it, you know. It was the ups and downs of it. And, and, and you've got to do it when someone when someone that – Knows you and can see it from the outside. You don't see it yourself. Your ego takes takes over. Mm. Um, you know, it was a huge ego check for me, but it ended up the best thing I did because then there was still ten days to go, and, and, and I was able to finish. And we're forgetting one person who's not here. Who mate? He yeah. was the glue. He was the glue for the group. Let's be honest. Yeah. What, what, whenever we were having a down day, he could read it like a little golden book, and he just knew when to contact you and when to hey, you know, give you that little elbow in the chest, and which he was a specialist at giving you elbow in the ribs, and um, and then going off on his little trot ahead to try and get away from you. and But, you know, Steve Hazy was just, he's, a, he's an absolute, you know, he's, yeah, he's the POS. We talked about cheers to the possum because we had a, a really insightful and um, confronting interview. It's easy for us. We sit in a studio, you blokes are walking from, you know, you've got the heat, you've got all these ailments, you've got stoves, uh, toes strapped and you've got rash in places you never know. And we spoke to Hazy and we sat there afterwards, Suki and I just looking at each other about five minutes because you, you lift the veil, you get behind the layer of hazy that we know of, you know, the social hazy, and you go, wow, you know, there's a real 
story there. It's strong, closer than you think. Strong personality. Amazing. So hats off to Hazy. Yeah. Boys, what goes first? Is it the chafe? Is it the toes? Is it the knees? Is it the hips? What's the first thing that usually, because there's a common theme with all of it, because we saw some of the injuries. You are modest because we looked at it ourselves and, pardon the phrase, fuck that. Yeah, I, you, know, you know, it's it's probably a, a take of thing to say, but it's your head. Okay. Um, you know, like you, you, your feet, yeah, you, you get blisters and that, but we knew going into it we'd get blisters. Mm-hmm. We knew going into it we'd get chafed, but we knew how to combat that. But it, but it's your head that goes first, and, and and that was the the big thing about it is, you know, you you've just you know you can do it, you know you put the work in, um, and, and you know you got your mates there with you to to get through it. And it was the little stories like Maka mentioned before about the the guys walking with us during the day. You realise just how insignificant your little problems are. Yeah, um, personally, I, I you had to manage it uh, to the best you could. Um, you know, I started off with, with no strapping. At the end of the day, day 15 or 14 or what it was, my my feet were like far lap. You know, I had strapping <laughs> yeah. all over them, every toe. Um, Brownie, you know, did, Brownie didn't even need the soles on his shoes. He had that much strapping on his feet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mummy feet. That's it. So, yeah, I had to manage it. And, and along the way, um, you know, me being a, a bigger bloke than, say, you know, Snow and, and Higgsy, I was forever stretching um, on, on the foam roller on the side of the road. You know, we had hard balls, uh, you know, to release all the tension. So it wasn't just get up and go. Uh, yeah, like yeah. I said, there was a lot of preparation, a lot of recovery. Um, you had to manage everything. And if you didn't do that, I wouldn't have got through, yeah, with, of course. without a doubt. Boys, one thing you didn't prepare for was the slant in the road. Can you give oh. our listeners a little bit of detail yeah. about this, uh, the, the camp, what's it called? Camber. The, the camber in the road. Yeah. That yeah, was see, a quirky fact that we oh, just wanted. Yeah. This you, is staggering. You don't realise when you're driving, you think the road's straight. But because we're on the side of the road, sort of where the guttering of the road tapers off onto the dirt. You know, you're on the highway, so there's no gutters. Um, it rolls off. So we've got to, we had to stand as far off on the side of the road as you can, but you don't want to be walking on the dirt. Um, and so there was a slope on the road the whole time. So for a whole day, you had one foot would sort of roll a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so your foot is naturally rubbing against your shoes that whole way. Uh, and, and because you know you, you're walking for so long, it just it just hammered you hammered the soles of your feet. Yeah, it just it took me two days to realise that stay on the white line. <laughs> if you follow that white line, you weren't rolling half as much, and that was the message you got passed along along the way. It did save us a fair bit. Yeah, I mean we all we all took you know um, four or five pairs of shoes. Um, on, on some days, I, I'd swap them shoes you know four times just to, to be comfortable. Uh, you know, you get a, a burning sensation under your feet. Um, on the hot days, um, you know, the balls of your feet, uh, all the arches. So, you know, on, on days we'll be swapping socks, we'll be swapping shoes, just to keep it comfortable as you can. Um, you know, and once again, you know, thanks to Hocker, um, you know, that got us through again. Look, looking back on the, on the body side of it, you, you don't, talking to the boys along the way, your body is such an amazing thing. You, 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 one day you might have a, a sore quad and they say, keep walking, keep walking, that, that'll fade away. You'll have a sore, sore opposite glute. Keep walking, it goes down to your calf. That was a daily event mm. that you think, how does your mind get through it? And I still think, how do we get through it? It was crazy. It was crazy. Higgsy said a word here before, and I think as grown men, we use this a lot, and it's ego. By this stage of the trip, you know, I think you guys are pretty much, the, the ego had come out of the walk, you know, the, the sores, the bumps and bruises, 
Uh, that that whole journey by like, by this stage you're at Noan Dock and the whole the whole town come out and meet you. Can you tell us what that was like? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, and going back to the ego thing, um, till, yeah, after every day we'd have a group hug. You know yeah. what I mean? We just let everything go. We'd all come together and say, you know, that's that's another day done. Let's let's prepare for the next day. Um, and, and yeah, Noan Dock, we you know we we come into Noan Dock. We had a few of the boys. Um, Mick Hoban and Michael Marchetto met us from uh, from work. A couple of workmates, yeah. Yeah, a couple of workmates. It was probably the worst day we had weather-wise. Um, you know, it poured rain. Uh, it was windy. It was cold. Um, like Higgsy said before, you know, we were 1,200 metres above sea level. So, you know, it was cold. And, and um, you know, we, got, we, we were welcomed into a, a town which or a community, basically, of only about 30 people. And I think there was about 25 there to, to welcome us into that little uh, little community, we you know, and we spent the night there, and they, you know they were very um, accommodating, you know, providing us showers in the police station. Um, I think they only had a police station and a service station and a little community store attached to that service station, so that, that was very rewarding and you know um, very uh, comfortable comfortable for them. Feeling, I feel a bit sorry, not bad, not sorry, bad about uh, the now and dock experience because by the time we got in there, that was our First day of full-on rain, rain, howling wind, you were drenched all day. All our blisters had broken. Um, these people were there looking for a nice chat and everything, and the six of us were sitting there, eight of us, we had hopes and that. We were shattered. Dad said, all I wanted to do was go to bed. Yeah. And um, the hospitality these people showed us there was unbelievable. I just wanted to say too that, you know, there was 25, 30 people in that town, but every time these guys posted something on social media, it then went out to the... 70,000 odd and thousands and thousands of people on our um, social media, on all our members like Beyond Blue, Lifeline. Well, that's how everyone kept up to date with the, the, the trials and tribulations, you know, the live Facebook uh, feeds and all it's that kind of thing. It was, it, was, it was great work. Like, that was just another job to add add to the walking, you know, and he's done it really well. Well, I, I, to be honest with you, I'm not that uh, up to date with social uh, media social savvy media. Oh, I mean, you I, are now I tell you what <laughs> you are <laughs> that's a load of rubbish but, you're, um, you're an expert in Facebook live son I loved it <laughs> after days I've seen Higgsy's you know doing these live, live well now I know they're live feeds I thought he was just talking to a video or something like that and mm. then I said what are you doing and then I seen it on social media live feed and after day two I, I started to get involved you know what I mean so I was a few days behind in, in terms of that but you know, from all the response I got, it was unbelievable. You know, live foods, and it just took everyone else on the journey um, that we were experiencing. Well, mate, with that deep Hollywood voice you got, and uh, you know, nice big chest, I thought you were going to have a signature finish by the you know, Darren Darren Brown Rice Foundation or something well, like that. You well, know, Peter Harvey Canberra, because I just you were so good in the end. I was disappointing because my battery went dead about at the Harbour Bridge, and I couldn't get <laughs> I didn't get to do a live feed from the Harbour Bridge oh, in. No. But I think, that was I, the best part. I think like. Going off from what Darren said, you know, about the Noan Dock experience, I think that was about time that it started to sink in that we'd been away from our families that long. So it was like we'd become a little family and yeah, we were yeah, looking yeah. after each other and we were going into these communities and especially Noan Dock, you know, like they, they really wanted us to hang around with them in that, in that tennis club. But we just were all too buggered. We were over in bed by about 8.30. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, look, that really was when it started to hit home for me, you know. I've been starting to miss Lisa and the kids and that started to play the mind games with me. And yeah. I think I spoke to you a couple of days after yeah. that and I mentioned that on that talk, you know. So that was, that was, it was those things that brought the home aspect back into it. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was starting to get a bit tough. 
So, you know, you've got these great experience. You've got a whole town there with you and it continues on. But Brownie, another injury. You get to uh, Dungog and something quite ironic for a man that's walked so far. A wisdom tooth pops up. Yeah. A what? A wisdom tooth. Yeah, well, I, I, is that what it's called? I think it popped up about twelve months earlier. Um, I was just battling it, and um, the, the pain sort of like got a little bit worse as we got higher, and the, and the weather got a little bit colder, and the wind, and uh, started ice, started uh, hey? ice cream, ice cream. It started <laughs> it started to rip through me, and it really brought brought the pain on. And um, we're very fortunate that we had a lot of panel in fort <laughs> on uh, on board. Um, you know, a few of the boys. Um, you know, we could deal with any little injuries and uh, Panaloon Fort was a sort of like a, an escape from the pain. Um, and obviously, um, you know, I was taking a few of them to get rid of the pain and the, and the boys seen that uh, I was struggling a bit and they said, mate, we've got to get you into, into the next town to... Um, Extract. To, to, yeah, to, 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 just to go and have a look anyway, you know yeah. what I mean? See what it is, maybe fill it up and, and, and stop the pain just till we got back home and... I was fortunate enough to, um, we hit Dungog, I took off on Dungog, I had an appointment in Dungog, so uh, Hendo, one of the boys who, who come up with us, his old man, Bobby, uh, God love him, he, he drove me back to um, Dungog and uh, got it ripped out uh, $300 later, wow. which I've got to send H- Higgsy the bill. Um, <laughs> no, Kim. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah and, and uh, just uh, joined the boys, had that afternoon off and then uh, was back on the road the next day, so that's just it's another pretty story. Good it, it took us, that was day two he had that, the, the toothache, and it was, it was pretty bad then. Heard about it day in, day out in the van. <clears throat> By the end of the night, he couldn't talk through the Panaline Fort. <laughs> but um, it took another eight, nine days for him, to, or for us to convince him to get his tooth pulled out. And you know what it is, it's stress on the body. You know, oh, it's, it's, it's common knowledge that if you're, if you're under stress and your body's fighting all that injuries and toes and everything else, now something like that pops up, it's a pre-existing injury. I'm yeah. no doctor, but it happened to me. Yeah, no, it's, um, and it was a, as I said, as tough as he is, it was going to eat him in the end. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I just, uh, and like Mac, I said, I, I, I knew I'd had something I had to give, you know what I mean? But I sort of just wanted to try and battle it through. Um, obviously, didn't want to let the team down. And then, uh, you know, unfortunately, Macca, um next time I see Macca, he was laid up in bed, and, uh, and I'll let I'll let Macca tell that story. Well, let's go, because we, we, we're we nearly home now. We've got to Dungog, and we're about to go to Maitland, and Macca, you, you come yeah. unstuck. We're, we're, yeah. So sorry, Mac. Before you jump in, well, there was one good thing in Dungog that sort of we skipped over, and, and uh, you know, you boys know Hendo well, well, really well. Uh, Hendo and his old man come up and join us. Yep. Um, just for the day, and, and you know, his old man drove Hendo back to, sorry, drove his old man drove Brownie back to the dentist. The night we stayed in Dungog, Dungog we stayed in this little pub, and we we're all just upstairs. You know, just in the sort of lounge room. It was just a you know, normal country pub thing where upstairs we've got the housing. There was a bloke up there down on his luck and everything. He came and seen us out there, just wanted people to talk to. Mm. And we all started started talking to him. Don't we realise he, he didn't have much. He had nothing, you know. He hadn't seen his, his kids, his missus had left him. He hadn't seen him in over a year or whatever. And each one of the boys went in and grabbed a T-shirt out of their bag and came out, grabbed him a shirt. We gave him a couple pairs of shoes and everything. Bought him a couple of drinks and everything like that. And for me, it was, you know, and it was amazing to see, you know, these boys, you know, we were rattled and stuffed and everything, but everyone was just still willing to, to, to give out and trying to help people, you know, and it had nothing to do with the walk that we we're doing, but the boys were still, still happy to, to, to help whoever we ran into, you know, and it was unreal to see the boys like that. It's an amazing experience, the, the continuous effect you're having all the way 
down the coast. And, and you know, Maka, you had your own troubles. You know, I mean, here you are inspiring all these great people and ladies run at you with cookies and stuff like that. Brownie's gone off to hospital, like you say, one of the toughest blokes probably in the group, you know, getting a tooth pull. Who would have thought a tooth would have so much effect on, on, on your body and your mindset? You run into your own troubles? Yeah, it's probably uh, left now and doc got the gloss from my, my actually ankle was starting to act up a bit and I thought, okay, might have been a strain first up. Then we ended up, um, got through to, to Dungog that night, as Higgsy said, it was a bit of a, a drink for the boys and that. I disappeared halfway through the night thinking, I've got to get this leg right. I uh, woke up in the morning, the leg I realised was an infection. Walked another half day with the boys and that was it. After we left Dungog on the way to Maitland, I said, I'm going to go see a doctor. And sure enough, he confirmed it was cellulitis. Yeah, and before that, like Maka said, it was a few days um, uh, prior that we could see Maka was starting to struggle, you know what I mean? And and we are just telling him to have, you know, a little bit of a rest here and there. And he said, no, I'm, I'm right, I, I'm going to battle on. And like you said, he probably just thought it was a strain. And um, at the end of the day, um, you know, he was... He was preaching to us to, uh, you know, to look after our injuries and do the right thing. Um, and at the end of the day, he, um, you know, it was sad because, you know, he he was there telling us to look after our injuries, and, and and it happened to him. And it was, um, you know, it was, it was pretty shattering actually. How, well, let me ask, how did that affect the group? Mate, it, it was heartbreaking for all of us. It, it was really heartbreaking. You know, we 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 started this process and and this journey you know as i said earlier you know almost two years before it uh and for us to get so close um and one of us had to pull out um the good thing was every one of us it was unanimous in the fact that as much as we wanted all of us to finish and do every part of it we knew it was better for for maca to, to have to go um you know, and everyone was the same. We were more concerned about Maka getting well and being able to go on holidays with his missus more than what we were doing. Um, looking back, it's it's one of the defining moments and probably the defining moment moment of it for me. Um, in that, every one of us put all our personal and our own things aside, and and all we cared about was the welfare of a bloke that we just spent the last twelve, thirteen days with. And making sure that he he got himself better, and 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 the walk meant nothing at that time, um, you know, it, 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 it was just about Macca getting better, you know, and, and we we were shattered, but and 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 as soon as Macca left, within ten seconds we were all in a huddle together, and we and we made the we made the promise, and everyone was unanimous in it, and it was like we said, none of us are finishing unless all of us finish. So whether, you know, we also, whether we have to go and pick Macker up out of bed and drag him or carry him on our shoulders or whatever across the Harbour Bridge and in the Martin Place, either we all finish it or none of us do it, you know? And, and it was amazing looking back now to see the spirit that the boys had there. Like I said before, uh, Macker was struggling, uh, you know, two to three days before that. I think if it would have happened then, it would have had a, you know, a, a larger effect on the group because we would have been one man down for a lot longer. Um, if we can take a positive out of it, um, we were only two days away, and um, we had a few, you know, people going to join us along the way on them days, and it really helped the group. Um, you know, we had Mark Henson, who we used to work with, um, Darren Higgins, uh, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of other boys. Extremely great uh, support, wasn't it? Timo, yeah, Pete. Timo, uh, 
Pete, you know, yeah. we had Pete Brown. Yeah. Oh, Head. Um, head. So, you know, we, we had a, a, a lot of support as soon as Macca left, yeah, we, which was which was good for us. Fills the void, doesn't it? Yeah, it definitely did. Um, but like uh, like I said before, yeah, it was shattering to see Macca go. Macca, what were you thinking at the time and how do you feel now listening to this? Because, mate, I just had the hair stand up. It was like a nice little... Like, you know, you guys are doing this. You know, Kim and Silky and I, we have the benefit of supporting you on social media, Facebook. How were you feeling at the time and how do you feel now listening to this? I was shattered. I didn't, didn't want to go. Um, I had a talk to Higgsy about it. Um, Hendo's father had a chat to him about it. Uh, I got a lecture from my wife. I still didn't want to go. I thought, take a few tablets and keep going. Yep. And as, a, as an actual cleaner in the, in the motel said to me, what's wrong with you, love? I told her. She said her husband nearly lost a leg three months earlier from cellulitis. Yeah, you got to go. And that's, that's it. I better go, you know. And I still didn't want to go. I just, you've been with them for so long. Yeah. Can, yeah. The old saying, practice what you preach, and he, yeah, he, yeah. he had to do that. But can I tell you the whole irony of this beautiful thing, and to have you articulate this on this podcast, here we all are on this journey. You guys have done this amazing thing to raise awareness, raise money, and, you know, all these great things, and education for suicide prevention. All you've done is mirror what you the, the metaphor you're talking about, Higgsy. You've got a problem. You've weighed it up, and you made the right decision in the end. And that's what people need to take away from this bit of the story. You let no one down. Mm-hmm. You actually let everyone up, if you like, or you gave everyone a lift because you looked after you. So if you're here today telling it, imagine if you hobbled in today with a pair of crutches and a, a, a you know a bung leg, mm-hmm. and yeah. feeling like they let you down. And it keeps that upbeat story because you made that right decision. So well done. That's right. So boys. We're, we're getting towards the end of the trip now and we get to Edelong and I know because of the Facebook lives and all that, excitement was in your voice. You're about to reconnect with your families. Uh, you know, you, you got the ferry across to Avalon. Talk us through those last couple of days. Yeah, well, personally, uh, boys, it was very emotional. Um, I still remember the feeling waiting for the ferry, uh, knowing the family. <laughs> Mate, it's, uh, this is expected. We knew this had happened. was on the other side. Take a minute. Yeah, take, take a second. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll jump in. And I'll just say, I was, I was on the outside sort of looking in because my family weren't going to be there. And even for me on the ferry, I was in tears and I had the shakes a bit, knowing that these guys were going to see their family. Yeah, gotcha. You know, and, and we, because we'd become so close over it, just even the feeling of these guys being having their family there, felt like my family was going to be there, you know. Um, we, we got off the ferry and not just their families, but there would have been... 150 to 200 people, locals, came down to meet us and, and clapped us off the ferry. Off the ferry. Um, I didn't know the family of, of the young bloke who had, who had taken his own life, who whose family we'd sort of set it up with. His younger brother was one of the guys on the ferry, was like working on the ferry. He was, he was a linesman on the ferry. Yeah, um, yeah. And his mum, his mum and dad, his dad had set it up with Webby. He works with Webby. And his mum there and walked with us. But... Seeing seeing these guys walk off and the emotion and just the flood of emotion coming out of them, just the relief of seeing being back home with the family, mate. It, it, it was something else. Yeah, I can't echo that enough. It was just amazing to walk off and see Lisa and, and Chloe there at there. But the emotion of everyone there clapping us off was just it was out of this world. And and to see your family after that long, it was really tough, but it was really good and. Um, the community of Avalon, they've had they've had a tough time. Even after our walk, they lost another another kid uh, a week after or Recently. three weeks after yeah. the walk. Um, you know, and like like Benny said, um, Jack Jack, he's 
his brother was the deckhand on the on the ferry. He set it all up for us to come across on the on the ferry. Him and his father. His father works for me, and that was the connection with the Avalon. And they put on one hell of a night for us. Hey, oh. it was one of the most amazing nights. And and it went. It was a blur. It was a blur. They got us up on the stage. They made us. They initiated us into the club for the night. Um, they you know made us drink a beer. Ben might have drank his out of his shoe or not. I can't remember that. And yeah, so there would have been a couple by and, then. And and you know, and then at, by the end of the night, they gave us all one of their their footy. They're at the A grade one Avalon Bulldogs. They won the comp last year, yeah, and they right. they all they gave us all one of their jumpers. They had t-shirts there made up for us. They gave us pairs of footy shorts. It was just like wow. And yeah. they really respected what we'd done and why we did it. Yeah, I, I think the hardest thing was the up, uh, the ups and downs that we went through, um, and to to get the head along. We knew it was going to be an up for the rest of the way. Um, and like I said, just before the family being on the other side waiting for us, it was, uh, it was a great experience. Makes you sort had, of realise, had my it? daughter, Charlie, and, and Belinda, and my sister and my mum were there. Um, and the rest of the family were going to join us the next day. So we knew there was only one day to go, but it was, that, was, that was the easiest part. Brownie, for you, I mean, you, you, you know, you got quite emotional there, and it's so natural. I love it. I love that you can show that, right? Mm. What makes you more emotional when I see you like that? You know, the, one of the toughest people I know. Is it the fact that you realise how important family is to you? Is it the enormity of what you've just achieved, and you're only one day to go, and, and you're with your mates? Like, there's so many range of emotions. What hits you the most when you think about that? Yeah, I, I think like Webby said before, we we haven't seen them for a long time. Obviously, we've been in communication with them, but and you know the people that we come across and, and everyone's got their own problems. Yeah. And we've had to deal with that. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're not counsellors or anything like that. So, we, you know, I'm far from experienced in, in this situation. So, you know, we had to take a lot on board and, um, you yeah, just to, to see them standing there waiting for you, knowing what we've done, you know, throughout that journey. Brings it on. Uh, definitely. Maka, just elaborating on Brown, he said, like, the ups and downs of the whole walk was crazy. Even a month down the track, I'm still thinking about this walk every day. People we met, um, people we talked to, there's some massive lows at nights and some massive highs during the days. Um, but your family, in the end, this whole walk simplified life for me. Used to have, used to think about how much I need this or we've got to do that and it's got to happen. We don't need all this in life. Your, your family and your happiness is what you need. Yeah. And that's yeah, it's changed my outlook. Uh, to sort of break it a bit, and it shows the how up and down it got. We we're sitting there that night at Avalon, and most people have gone home, and and, and the, the gear steward she'd gone in. You know, she gave us all a pair of shorts and a jersey, and she gave my young bloke a jersey and Snowy's young bloke a jersey. Brownies walked out in the number ten, and there was a couple of the A graders sitting there. And there's this young bloke sitting there and he had a couple of beers. He had a <laughs> filthy scowl on his face. I said, what's your problem, mate? He's going, who the fuck does he think he is wearing my jersey? <laughs> 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 we said, mate, that's Darren Brown. So like, who the fuck's Darren Brown? He didn't know who Brown he was. So, mate, this bloke played 250 first grade games. Well, straight away he was wrapped. He was wrapped. <laughs> Brownie was in his up getting photos with Brownie in his jersey and all that. It was uh, unreal. Yeah, just, just, um, just. Touching back on, on the Avalon, the people that, you know, supported us there. Um, you know, we had local first, former first graders, you know, Craig Gower and uh, we had Tom Draboyevic there. Matty Johns. Uh, Matty Johns walked with us, actually, from Palm Beach to Avalon. 
Um, you know, Mark Bryant was there. So even people that weren't involved with the Avalon Bulldogs were just in the area, yep. um, you know, come and supported us. And, you know, I, me, me good mate Craig, Craig Gower, he, he lost his brother um, to suicide and he actually, um, you know, he walked with us the next day. So, Well, let, let's uh, talk about that because, you know, this is it. This is the end of the journey. It's the final day. Can you talk us through the emotion? Probably, You probably didn't get much sleep that night. Talk us through that final day as you walk into Martin Place. Mate, it, it was it was one of those days. Um, we we thought it was going to be hard. It was it was going to be a thirty five k. Just bang it out. Let's just do it. And we had to be in the Martin Place by two o'clock. Um, and we had people meeting us along the way. But I think the whole emotion of it's the last day. Tomorrow we can put our feet up, do whatever, and, and it's done. Got us through it. We had. We had guys from work. Uh, Damo Lewis came from Sutherland or got, got to Avalon by five in the morning. Like the effort he put in to actually get there at that time. A um, couple of the A graders from Avalon Bulldogs turned back up. People here and there. A uh, friend of mine, Ali, came from out west. Um, you know, and, that, and then walking that day, it was really good. We picked up people along the way. Uh, Ricky Shivers, uh, Renee Gartner, that most of us know. Um, you know, Craig Gower and stuff picking up along the way and by the time we got close to the city there would have been 25 30 people obviously by the time we got the spit bridge it would have been about 30 people yeah um personally for me it was like day one again right. um you know we we knew uh it was coming to an end and was, i had that same sort of energy um on, on the morning uh, of the last day even though we just walked you know 900 and 900 k's um, the energy was there, and I, I knew, well, you know, we we're going to breeze through this last day, due to the fact that all the support we had. Uh, we're walking along a main road. Um, everybody knows about it. Um, you know, we're on the grill team that morning, um, so you know, it, it was out there, and uh, you know, coming, coming to, um, you know, uh, where do we meet at? Milson's Point. Uh, all my family was going to be there. You know, me, me boys were going to be there. My dad was going to be there. You know, my brother, you know, my mm. partner Belinda joined us at the spit. Um, family, friends, well, everyone the, the, was going to be there. The community got behind you. Yeah. You know, the, the the entire community. You know, western suburbs, people from the shire. You know, mm. people from the east. So you know, you'd really strike a, uh, struck a chord with the, the community because you know, as we've said, everyone's been touched by mm. by suicide. What about for you, Webby? How how was that last day? Well, just going back on what was said earlier. I mean. We had people join us from the beginning from Avalon and they all thought we would be wrecked by then. And we set a cracking pace on that last day. It was amazing the pace we set. No, that, there was people that were fresh that day that couldn't keep up with us. The six of us were way out in front and they they, they looked at us in amazement, you know, like the, of what we'd achieved and what we got to. And then, like like Brownie said, we got to meet all of, all our families again, whether it was Milson's Point or up the top. And it was just another flood of emotions to just come straight through. Yeah. Kim, I mean, you've been part of this journey and way back in the two-year planning, so you've been from the PP, P for SPA days. How did it feel for you? You must have had a huge sense of pride because you're, as you say, watching it on social media. Your team there at uh, SPA are sort of following it very closely. It's quite funny. It's quirky. It's got the journey. How did you feel? Yeah, so everyone in the team was involved from um, Tracy who really supported these guys with learning how to share their stories safely along the way. As as Brownie said, they, they came across a lot of people who shared their story. Um, 
you know, I didn't just support on social media. I've drove the van on the last leg. So, you know, really putting in the team effort. Yep. But um, what Webby was saying about setting the pace, our CEO, Sue Murray, who you've met before, little Sue lady, well. but when she got a, had to get her sneakers on to, to join these guys going across the bridge, I think she felt the pace then. Yeah, gotcha. Maka, what about you, mate? What did you think of that <laughs> little last day? I mean, you know, you've missed out with a bit with having your leg and everything else and the boys made that pledge. What were your thoughts? I was nervous as I, I met him back at Milson's Point. Um, just couldn't wait to see him again. The uh, the whole walk, coming over the bridge with everyone else as well, and all the MUA members that supported us as well along the way, it was unreal. Yeah, it's a, get a bit emotional about it, but it was good. Yeah, great experience, Higgsy. I know you. Um, you know, coming into Martin Place and you've you've achieved this enormous feat you know that uh you know your men got together and decided to and and women of course decided to plan out and and get out what did you think looking back you know for wow we finally got it you're at the finish line what what are your thoughts mate um when we originally went to do it it was going to be sydney to gold coast um and snowy actually said to me mate what are we thinking leaving sydney we're we're all from sydney let's let's finish and uh, i mean i don't think my love for um for the city of Sydney is uh is a secret at all. Um, you know, I've got this the harbour skyline tattooed on my stomach, my son's name, Sydney. Um coming into the harbour, especially when we got to Milson's point, we walked started to walk over the, the bridge. There was there was us boys out in front in our yellow shirts and and, and over a hundred people behind us. I'd ask everyone to wear black. Um Walking in front of these people, over a hundred people in black shirts, and looking back, the realization of something that had come from a bad time in my life um, into what it had become. I had my wife there with me. My, I had my mum, my cousins, uh, and and these guys that I'd done it with. That's when it all sunk into me. Uh, walking across the harbour bridge and seeing the look on people's faces, like, "What is this? What's happening here?" And then. They'd realise, and, and people were joining in with us there, um, you know, coming down into the harbour, um, you know, my, my two kids turning up. It's it's something that I will never, ever forget in my life. And, and, and it, you know, people talk about moments in your life, you know, like the birth of your kids and all that. I I had my kids and my wife there with me. So I, I for me, I think that might it, it's up there, if not better, because they were there with me to, to mm. experience you know, th- these guys, will, I don't think these guys will ever understand what it actually meant to me for, for this to happen and, and, and for this to go through and for the first to actually be able to do it. Um, as, as I said, because it was from a moment in my life that, were, that was bad and, and, and for that to be flipped into something that has meant so good to so many people. We, you know, we, we got a phone call from a guy, you know, Hazy got a phone call from a guy probably uh, halfway through it. And he contacted Hazy through the MUA. And, and, you know, I'm not trying to put a spin on this. He'd said to Hazy he, he was he was at his end. He, he was he was at that point. And he saw what we were doing and read into what we were doing. And, and he stopped himself and he went and got help, you know. And and that's not putting any fairy tale spin on it. That's that's the hard facts. And, and that's what drives at home. Is, is it, it saved us in all in, in a certain way differently each. It's, it, it saved people along the way. And... Kim said it before, and I stand by it. I don't, I don't care if these things raise one dollar. I don't care if they raise one cent. It means nothing to me. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's getting a conversation. It's, and it's, and it's helping people. And 
what it's done for me personally, emotionally, mentally, I, 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 I don't know if I can ever top it, you know. I don't know if it, it can it can be topped. Well, boys, just I mean, just let me add. Know this that you've made a difference along the way to, to you know, tens, maybe hundreds of, of people. You know, you've all got a story to share where you've touched someone who may may have been very close to you know, ending it all. So you know, I think you should know that that the public appreciate the the good work that you did. I mean, we, we've got to wrap things up, but I'm sure you've all got a defining moment along the way. Is there one moment you'd like to share with everyone? Oh, I, boys, I, I don't think there's. Uh... One moment, there, there's several, you know what I mean? And I, I can't put a spin on it, but, you know, the defining moment for me is probably today and, and every day after. Um, you know, we've got the memories, um, you know, the people that we touch, the people that we come into contact with. Um, so, you know, every day after, I think, is uh, is a great, great day because, you know, like I said here before, I'm still looking at photos every day and it brings back memories um, on that walk and... And, you know, everyone's been in the group has been touched by it differently. I haven't been in Higgs' shoes. I haven't been in Webby's shoes. I've been in my shoes. Um, and, you know, personally, um, it was very rewarding, challenging, but I got, I got a lot out of it. As Brownie said, every, every day was great. There's no real defining moment in it. Um, coming back home, I think it really sets um, reason to what we did this walk. We've got guys at work now approaching us for different reasons. Um, so we've we've spread the word, really. There's one thing I'd like to say is um, whether you be a big company or just a mate, instead of going out and sponsoring big golf tournaments and things like that, how about putting your money somewhere where it counts? That's all I've got to say. Yeah, top top point, Maker. Yeah, it's um, for me, it wasn't a one-day thing that I could pick something. I think it was the whole 15 days. It was the event, you know, what we got to do. As a group, you know, we we all walk up and hug each other now. You know, we you know, we we all spend time or give up time with our family, which is precious for all of us. And um, you know, the families need to be rewarded and being acknowledged for that. So they put up with a lot. Like me and Brownie, the the, the eight weeks or twelve weeks before that, we were together three hours every night training every single night, mm-hmm. and sometimes five hours on the weekends. So I mean, they they gave up a lot for us. So we need to acknowledge them in that event as well. That's a great point, Kim. I just wanted to say I just admire you guys so much and you make me cry on a regular basis. Happy tears, I promise. Um, But we just appreciate so much what you've done. And as Ben said, it's not about the money, but the money is important. Um, It doesn't get as much funding as as other things that that are health and social issues in this country. But above and beyond that, all the people that you've touched, whether it's been in person or um, via social media and media, it makes a difference. And it, and the more we can talk about this, the better. So thank you so much from well all seven. of us. And Kim, before we let you go on that point, I know Higgsy wants to thank some people. It'd be very remiss if we didn't give him the opportunity with the sponsors and stuff. How do people get in in touch? What do they do? They're feeling blue because these stories are amazing. Brownie just touched on something that the takeaway for me is different to the takeaway from Silky. And I, what I happen to know is the common thread or theme amongst this amazing, inspiring stories, these boys are just mates of ours. We don't know each other, you know, all our lives, but we've become great mates as we get older. And you know what? They're from the south side or the south Compton River. I'm from, we're from the Bondi side. But you mentioned that word community. And then Brownie said everyone's different in all their families. So how does someone who's struggling go through and get help? Or what's the first step? Yeah. So actually um – 
challenges like this. So PPP for SPA has meant there's been a website that's been built called communitiesmatter.com.au and it's got heaps of information not only about um, conversation tips for you um, if you're worried about someone or if you're struggling to to articulate how you're feeling to all the services that and support that we've got in Australia. So there's so many things, so much free stuff. So I think two things I've learned working at Suicide Prevention Australia is we're all entitled to a mental health treatment plan. If you go to your GP, at least 10 free counselling sessions. I didn't know that. Why aren't we all doing it? You don't yeah. have to be struggling to take care of your health and well-being every day. So check out communitiesmatter.com.au and there's lots of helpful information there. Yeah, and I, I just want to say you've broken the stigma of mental health down. My, you know, In my family there's mental health and everyone's got issues in their own family. So I've, I've learned to be more patient. I've learned what you said, Maka, to, to simplify things and just appreciate what you have, not worry about what you didn't do or you should have done back then or we all should have bought in Coogee or Bondi or whatever because you know what? It don't matter. And I, I reckon the first step that I would echo, you know, from the personal side, but I love what you blokes do, just tap your mate in the shoulder and say, you know what, actually I'm not any good. I'm not any good and I don't know why, I don't know how. And then he might be able to listen to this or, or you know, utilise the lessons that you guys are educating people to actually do something about it. Higgsy, you've got a whole list of people you want to thank and uh, I know it'll be continued. I know you may forget someone, it always happens, so don't worry if you do, but go away, son, fire yeah, away. Yeah, mate, yeah, boys, I like, in no particular order because everyone that, chipped in to get this happening was just as important as the other person. But mm -hmm. uh, Body Science and Pico, the guys at Body Science have such big supporters of not just everything I do, but but mental health in this country. You know, they're, they're such a great company and great guys. Um, little things just from, you know, giving us compression and, and everything to letting us go into their office when we're up in Queensland and stuff was so good. The guys at E-Lab, Mark, Whip and Chang, um, Terrific they, fellas. They whipped Hiram, us, Hiram. Hiram. They whipped us into shape so good. Um, we wouldn't. Have, I, I know myself. I wouldn't have been able to get through it how I did without their help, and they're still helping us. You know, um, strength to partner and Clint for all his help and and, and his knowledge and his tips. Victor Sports, uh, five point four Bondi Zinc. I came back with less of a ten, and when I left, it was Bondi Zinc is that good? It was unreal, especially on the new dome. Yeah, uh, nice. Inferno Sports for the gear, Hocker for the shoes, Pat Lawson at Three Words, uh, you boys at Radio Hub for all the support you continually give, uh, you know, not just the walk, but PPP and, and the area uh, for everything you do for the guys. Uh, GoPro, uh, the P Hotel, Young Henry's, MUA, Switzer, um, SPA, Kim and the girls at SPA, um, they sort of cringe when they get my calls and when I send a text saying I've got a new idea. Oh no, they think you're going to go to the moon with Branson. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they know it's, they know it's all good in the end. Um, our families that we touched on, we, our families get a bit neglected in all of this. Of you know? course. Not only will we away for two weeks, but we're missing for the weeks and months leading up to it. My missus hates when I start to book something in, but she knows now that it's what keeps me ticking over and I need to do it. And they know we're doing it for good um, and we're doing it for them, for our kids. These boys, um, I said before, they, they'll, they'll never know how thankful I am for, for everything they did and for, and for doing this with me and, and for getting it done. Um, it's amazing. It's something we'll never forget. And for every person who sent us a message, who liked or commented on something on social media or donated or 
came out onto the road and, and gave us a six pack or cookies or people pulling up on the street and giving us some cash or came and walked with us. The, the, the 20 bucks or something from, from your everyday person is, is just as good as a company giving us five or 10 grand because it's relevant. That, yeah. 20, that 20 bucks is just as important to a big company as that money. And it's them, it's not just them putting the money in the pocket, but it's them putting their hand up and supporting. Not everyone can get out and walk with us. Not everyone can get on a treadmill. Not everyone can donate something. But these people putting their hand in their pocket and putting money across is their way saying, I'm supporting this. Mm. Um, and that's what we need. We need everyone just putting their hand in. You know, mental health, it's, you know, there's for cancer and stuff like that, there's, there's buying a ribbon and it's wearing it on your chest for a day. And it's good. And everyone supports it. But mental health, we don't have that yet. And, and, and we need to have that. And it's not just, you know, are you okay days a step in the right direction, but it's not just that one day. It has to be every day, and that's what we're pushing for. Uh, and it's starting these conversations, and, and, and everyone that's helped us along the way has done that. So we really thank you. Yeah, I just want, like to uh, touch on, on the sponsors that Higgsy just mentioned as well. Um, it wasn't about the money. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't even think it, a lot of them uh, donate the money. Um, but it, I personally got something out of every one of them sponsors, uh, whether it be body science, um, supplements, um, hocker, you know, Victor, Victor strapping or strap me feet. I've probably got the most use out of them. Um, you know, ra ra for Radio <laughs> Hub, you know, you, you boys got it out there for us. So I personally got something out of every one of them sponsors. And also to all the people that supported me, um, you know, donating. Uh, and like Higgy said, um, you know, them live chats, commenting and stuff like that. Uh, the donations I personally raised over twenty thousand, so I'm, I'm well very, done, I'm very proud of that. That's amazing. Um, and I wouldn't have done it without the support of everyone and uh, to all, all these boys here. I, yeah. I can't thank them enough, and I wouldn't have got through without these boys here. Yeah, okay. this, this whole thing just give me a bit more faith in society. We don't have to be out there abusing each other and, and traffic jams and stuff like that. There's people out there who still care about each other. Um, Made you feel a bit safer in the community, actually, meeting different people outside the square. Hopefully we can pass that on as well. Give me a different level of confidence when talking to people. I'm so, like a, if I see someone that doesn't look right, I'm, I'm more than happy to walk up to them now and just have to start that conversation because I've got some of the skills that, you know, that I need to talk to make those conversations. But, you know, if, if there's one last point that I want to make the, the six of us that went through it, We'll, we'll be lifelong long friends without that. Yeah. And, and I'm sure everyone's the same, all of our families. Um, we spent a lot of time leading up to the event away from our families in terms of training, um, you know, walking. You know, and like Webby said, we, we spent hours and hours and hours of training leading up to it. And for the 12 days that we were apart, um, 14 days that we were away, um, you know, they're the ones that uh, need thanking all our families. Well, we're throwing thanks around, boys. I, I think we should thank you. Thank you for coming in today and sharing your story. 100%. Thank you for the great work that you've done, creating awareness about, about suicide. Thank 100%. You. I echo that, you know, and I do a lot of reflection. I, I mean, uh, Brownie, seen your post and Webby talking to you and then that moment with Hazy and you're the captain, Benny, going, what about that? You know, like, it's a bit humbling because, you know, we're sitting here and we, we question ourselves, say, are we doing enough? And then, Macca, to hear you talk today, you just have so much experience. I love what you said. We don't have to spend time fighting each other in traffic and doing all this crazy stuff. But, you know, I think about the message to get to our kids because the education that you've put out there, if we can get to them early, we can realise it's okay to be that fat kid in the program, the uncoordinated kid, the black kid, the white kid, the yellow kid, the Chinese kid, whoever you are, you can be the musician, it's okay. And if it's not okay for you, you just summed it up, Webby, you know, look, people have got to say, mate, what's really going on? 
you know, lift, 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 lift the layer off and say, mate, are you okay? And, and, and you know, are you, are you doing all right? And that's the message that we get. And we're going to use those lessons through what you've taught us. So I want to thank you for that because I didn't have those skills before you get out there and get us involved in PPP for SPA. Then we're, you know, doing our little bit to amongst the whole team of people that help you guys with the rise. So it's, you know, reflected in our lives, you know, in our own relationships. And you guys have taught us that through what you did. So thanks. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, thanks, thank you. guys. And, uh, you know, I'd like to put out, you know, I, I try and use a lot of things. And But what I've, what I've noticed a lot from this walk is we've become so disconnected in society. Mm. Um, you know, we, we think we're so connected with social media and everything like that and technology, but we've actually lost that personal connection with each other. And I think it's a big thing that, that, that we're missing and it's why we're seeing these problems we're seeing. Um, we've lost that personal touch. And I know myself now, I consciously walk down the street. I try and say like that nod or say hello to people down the street mm. and teach my kids to, to say hello to people and everything. And, you know, a little thing like the touch on the back or the shake of a hand, you know, it means a lot to people. It shows that personal connection and that's what we've lost to each other. Um, you know, I said it before that are you okay day? It's great. We need to get away from that throwaway line and, and make it a personal thing. You don't have to have the answers and you don't have to be, a, a, you know, a scholar on the subject or anything like that. All it is is, is showing that someone that you care um, and, and showing someone that you're there to listen. You don't have to even have to talk talk back to the person. Let the person talk. Give them a shoulder on the We're there. Got to be there for each other. There's making sure that you're all right and making sure your friends are all right. Put your hand up if you need help. And ask your friends if they need help. There's two sides of that coin, and they're both both of as important as the other. Uh, thanks, boys. Thank we really appreciate the time coming in here. Yeah, thank you, guys. You've been listening to Cure for Boldness with Silky Bush, and of course our great members of the Rise Foundation.